Hello, Taliban. Because this is uh, this is uh, hello. This is Al Qaeda. We want to coordinate some coordination with you. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's uh, Sunday, October seventeenth, two thousand ten. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination episode two four four. This is no agenda. It is now the fourth day of rain and crap at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. Will it ever stop in the morning? I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where it's not raining, which is a good thing, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. And in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you and in the morning to all the ships at sea. And our human resources who are all charged up and ready in the chat room at noagendachat.net, the way their government loves them. And remember, it ain't over until the fat guy gets tased. It's raining down there? Oh, man, it's been so horrible. It's it's literally been like this for four days. Huh. Yeah. I, I mean, but not just a little bit. It's like nasty and it's cold. It's like 65 degrees. And you guys have amazing weather, right? Well, we had until today. Looks well. It'll probably be. It'll probably clear up. But it, we woke up and it's foggy right now. Yeah, which is unusual at this time of year. Yeah, no, our weather has been outstanding the entire week. It's. Uh, it must be the global warming. I don't know. Something's really. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> we, ha- we have had um, enormous uh, sun flare activity recently. Have you been following that? Uh, I think that was predicted. Yeah, but it, but like the biggest in you know like nine months or something, big flares, and uh, if it had happened only three degrees to closer to Earth or whatever, we'd have a geomagnetic storm. And NASA well, keeps I, I know it was inter- it was interfering with my Dish Network satellite. See, I thought I was going to ask you about that because I I think you know if it's only three degrees, then you know maybe there might be something going on. So you have noticed it? Oh yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I think a lot of people, I mean, it was only short-term little bursts, but there, there was this uh, situation, uh, I think it was yesterday, mm-hmm. it, where I literally got, I got error message I've never seen before from the Dish Network. Like, pay your bill. <laughs> no, well, I've seen that before. <laughs> no, I thought you still had it on a freebie for like 18 I years comp, or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the, well, it's because I'm testing it. I'm, 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 yes, by, you're reviewing it. <laughs> It's I'm reviewing for it. review I am, purposes only. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I got this error message that said, um, uh, it just said you lost. <laughs> we do. There's no set. Whatever was up there is not there anymore. It's like, I was looking at it going, oh, my God, they've blown the satellite, <laughs> the satellite out of the sky. Call Adam quick. The satellite is gone. <laughs> and then it right. uh, came back. Uh, and it, then it was, I was breaking up a lot. I have some, uh, you know, it was like a, a, a bad antenna, you know, kind of thing. It was, but it's fine. It's, it's okay now. I remember in, I'm going to say 1995 or 96, we had one of those huge sun flares. And this is back in the day when people used pagers. Remember those? Pagers? Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> you know, I never had one of those. I uh, stayed away from it myself, but it was a big thing, particularly in New York, because, you know, hey, if you're dealing drugs, you got to have a pager. Uh, but, yeah, you know, everyone basically had one. And this, these were the days of the first uh, Motorola, or what they called this, the MicroTAC or whatever. Remember those first flip phones? They weren't digital. Uh, StarTAC. StarTAC, that's right. They weren't digital, but they worked on, um, you know, just They were like, analog, <laughs> which was the good old days yeah, of cell- cellular communication. Yeah, with, a, with a police scanner, you could listen to lots of fun stuff. You know that, but you could also hear the other person at the other end. Exactly, exactly. 
Um, and we had one of those big flares, and everything went out. Pagers went out, um, and we did have some satellite television at the time. That also went out. And that was like three days this, this stuff was knocked offline. At least that's what we were told at the time. Of course, I was not fully awakened and not uh, investigating what people were just telling me. But I think it was it was just a, a pure solar flare pager outage or a satellite outage. That makes sense. The, I, we used to, one of the things that during the analog era, you could listen into other people's phone conversations if you had uh, any kind of scanner. Yeah. But I, Radio Shack had an interesting product that they brought, which was an all, uh, in fact, I still have it somewhere. It's very handy. It's an all-channel scanner that scans everything in the spectrum, and you can set it for certain frequencies. Yeah, you set it between, like, what was it? I think it was 400 megahertz and 600 megahertz. I can't megahertz. remember the exact yeah, thing, but, but you literally, but actually, yeah. actually, you couldn't set it. But the, but if you if you looked around, there was a fic. There was a little thing you had to. If you took the thing apart and you and there was a little trace that if you soldered it, it turned on the the, the, the cell phone scanning part. Yeah, that was cool. And, you could literally hear a guy call his wife. Hey, honey, I'm going to be late for dinner. And then three seconds like, Hey, baby, I'm on my way over. Yeah, no, I'm telling <laughs> I hear you, the, a lot I, of that. What I noticed listening casually was that most of the cell phone calls were for people who, you know, usually around noontime, everybody was lost. <laughs> hey, so man, where call, am I going? They're calling their secretary to get directions. The yeah. other one was the after hours was the guys who, uh, believe me, this is the three, big, the big three, and I think it's probably still true. The second one was guys calling their mistresses. Yep. Uh, saying I have to go home because you know what she, the ball the old ball and chain <laughs> yeah. has to see me and then they going on. But and the on. conversations were always they would always be like yeah 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 and the and the mistress would always be talking a lot you know what I mean it's like guys yeah. are very non communicative yeah, apparently yeah, you were yeah. listening in too I, so, yeah of course and, I was that why else the, do it and the third big one were drug deals oh yeah although well I, I was making them so. So there was drug deals going on everywhere. Now I had great reception on my end. I was calling. Now that said, I should dig up a couple of tapes I made because we used to have people over, and we and some of these tapes were pretty creepy. But I, there's one guy. Wait, wait, you used to white. tape it. I I listened uh, occasionally. <laughs> taped you taped it. You were taping this stuff. Oh my god, how sad. There was the well. I mean, you know, it was, in, it was a form of entertainment at the time. Yeah. But there was a, my favorite all time favorite one was a guy having phone sex. Oh, cool! Uh, with some somebody, and uh. <laughs> he says, he says, "Oh, hang on a second, I'm coming to the toll booth. I'll get right <laughs> well, back." Yeah. One second, <laughs> let me just cover up for a second. I'm like, "Come on, this stuff is gold." That's cool. You have that on tape? Well, I'm not even going to ask you to find you know, it. These tapes, who yeah, knows where they are? Yeah, knows? probably yeah, somewhere. But if I can find any of these tapes, which I doubt, by yeah, the way, yeah, no, I agree, me. no. Uh, it, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll run a couple of them. I can't but even get the, you to do it. The other one that I thought was interesting, that the problem is when they sh- shifted cell, cell tower, sometimes you'd get this effect. And I, this happened to me more often than once. It, go, it goes like this. The guy goes, yeah, I know. You know, there's a big deal. They bear, the board's meeting tomorrow, and they're going to do a three-for-one split. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be the fucking thing is going to skyrocket. you got to get in. Get, call your broker right now. He's, oh, yeah, okay, I will. I will. What's the symbol again? <laughs> hello 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 what? hello because you, you could always hear the guy because he was still broadcasting you could always hear that person not connecting and you think well oh, fucking piece of shit <laughs> yeah good times man any stock tips i gave up on it after a few months of of uh entertainment good times
Hey, I want to thank everybody for emailing um, the term that you were looking for, John. Uh, as we wound up uh, on a Thursday's show, uh, you uh, had a, a miniature pet peeve about the sucking in of cheekbones and smiling for pictures. Yeah, duck face. That's right. I don't get the duck face thing. What? Yeah. It doesn't look like a duck. Well, yeah, it does a little. It looks like a like a duck's ass, kind of. <laughs> duck's a da. Ass. What we used to call a da back in the day. It's so you can go to antiduckface dot com if you want to uh, if you want to see some uh, amazing duck face pictures. I really, you know, this is a, a very interesting phenomenon. You're so right. I mean, I've noticed it. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen my daughter do it in pictures. Uh, but uh, you, you, did apparently- you ever ask her why she's doing it? Why? Because it's unattractive. No, no. Could you agree with me that it's unattractive? Yeah, it's very unattractive. And even worse, it's usually white girls, and then they have to throw a gang sign with their hand. <laughs> that, if you look, all the pictures is like you do the duck face and you throw a gang sign. It's like, huh? What? Yeah, what, what is that? What is that all about? It, it's something to do with culture, which I'm very disappointed with. I've, I've been, you know, after that hip hop awards and everything, and I've just been kind of paying attention. I'm really disappointed. We're, we're, we're headed in the wrong direction, John. It's pretty lame. It's, it's not just lame. It's, oh, by the way, I've got, uh, I've got the beginnings of my, uh, my hip hop, uh, track here. Let me play this for you. Yeah. pretty good right i'm sorry i didn't hear it <laughs> it's awesome it's totally rocking we're getting there hell yeah hell is the hell hell is the is the pejorative yeah um okay it's fun by the way you you would have loved to have been here uh over the weekend uh, molly wood came to visit and uh, she stayed overnight and we went out to dinner the three of us uh, Miss Mickey, Molly, and I. Yeah, boy, we got Molly and I got into a big argument. Oh, good. Oh, dude, you would have so loved it. It was about the R word and the and the G word. You know about uh, oh, retarded oh, and uh, oh, my G. Goodness. What's the G word? Gay. You can't say gay anymore. Oh, gay. Yeah, right. You can't yeah. say gay. You can't say gay. Yeah, we went on a rant about that. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. Well, yeah. so what does she say? Well, we have to change society from the bottom. So we <laughs> from the bottom. <laughs> I said, I, I don't know. I'm <laughs> wait, changing. Wait, it hold from on the top. a second. Let me get this straight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> from I know. the bottom. Yeah, but the Mickey was ganging up on me too. It was like, <sighs> oh, you gotta get you get two women. It's yeah. just, you do, you're toast. Lo- I'd lost. And 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 by the way, and we we had dinner at Agos, and uh, I'd saved up for this one. Agos or Spagos? Agos, Agos, which is De Niro's restaurant. Uh. It's outstanding. They had a special. They had linguine with white truffle. And uh, so this is all going on. And just for like 20 minutes, I just shut my mouth and just listened and ate this fantastic linguine with white truffle. It was phenomenal. Have you ever had that white truffle on linguine? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, Italian. Wow. Oh, that was awesome. So I didn't let any, I didn't let it ruin my dinner. But wow, I, I really lost on the argument. You got to change. Apparently, it yeah, you got, got beaten down by totally. two women. And they're, they're big. They're big women, too. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're with opinions. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. I was like, you pig. I, I was like, <laughs> did they call you a pig? No, I didn't hear the pig word, but uh, everything else under the sun. But I was really like, you know, this is inciting hate. You should have said this is retarded. <laughs> oh, oh, believe, oh, believe me, I, th- I was gay. throwing it all out, I, one after another, and then of course. I did the old Hitler thing in the forum, and I said, well, Hitler. why don't we just go kill people in Afghanistan? And then Molly literally said, oh, that's like bringing up Hitler in the forum. I said, well, yeah. I said, if we want to change society, we can't change it from the bottom. You've got, why don't we stop killing brown people? How about that for a start? It was like, well, that's not the argument. Okay, all right. So what was the argument about using the word retarded? Yeah, that that it, uh, Molly really believes it's it's a horrible thing to do. It incites hate against uh, uh, mentally challenged children. It incites. Yes, and it teaches young children who don't know any better that retarded is bad, and therefore it's hate. It, it's it's a it's a is bad always hate. I don't get that. I'm just telling. I, look, I. This is why I was sitting there going like, oh, John, could you just walk through the door right now? <laughs> could you just walk? I need you. I need you. I need my buzz come up with all the counterpunch crap. <sighs> yeah, I, I was, uh, I was From my days at Berkeley, I can handle these kinds of things. <laughs> I was weak. From any angle, by the way. I could take. The, I could have taken their sides and destroyed you. I know. I know. I have so much <laughs> to learn from you. I'm not ready to snatch the pebbles from your hand yet, master. <laughs> all right. Yeah, rough, rough go. I can understand that. Yeah. So uh, let's get uh, get a couple get some executive producers. Yeah. So we had a really a, a, a poor couple, week. Uh, a couple is the word here. We had a poor week. I want to tell people out there, dvorak.org slash any. Please donate a little more than you did this week. We need to support this show and keep it alive. I have a theory as to why our, our numbers just fell through the floor. Because, 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 wait a minute. Let me guess. Is it me again? <laughs> it's usually no. my fault. Whenever the numbers drop, well, then I, always, I, I could say you shouldn't do this. Like, you did that. It's like people hate you. Eh. What, what was it this I time? I never said this ever. Do, shall I get the emails? Do you, you want, want me? Do you want me to tell you what I think it was? Mm-hmm. George Clooney. Wow! Yeah, people love George Clooney, right? And we had the and we had the art and everything. We mocked George. We Clooney. mocked George Clooney. Very bad idea. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No, Clooney's on the fast track for the presidency now. I now I see it. Yeah, it's, it's, clear. it's, it's He's there, right? He's totally there. And, yeah, the, and the whole Donald Trump. We mocked George Clooney. We we said he's part of this. You know, he's either a pay, paid informant of the CIA. He's part of the something. There's no way he's doing all the stuff he's doing unless he's like he's uh, plugged into some intelligence. You group. sure it wasn't just a crappy show? I don't think it was a crappy show. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was just Clooney. Don't mess with Clooney. And then we put Clooney on the art. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. With a goofy look and a CIA logo behind him and three monkeys. I mean, come on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, we can't do that anymore then because it's hurting the revenue stream. Yeah, like, geez. Like big time. People. I mean, we do our part. At least we took a shot at yeah, it. Yeah, we did. You know, it, and, and you know what? In, in, uh, in four years from now. Thank you, darling. Or what is it? Not even that. Yeah, well, what, he'll probably be six years. He'll run in the 2016 well, it depends on who wins this next time. Yeah, then we'll we'll have to say, well, we told you so. Yeah, you, you know, you guys didn't support yeah, us. Yeah, we told you. Who are you anyway telling us so? <laughs> we told you so. So, I gotta so we, have, I gotta... we have two um, 10, 10, 10 special executive producers. Stand yeah, we ones. have them uh, cited singularly, yes. uh, which is Ernie Ernst and Zachary Giesemann, which is pronounced you some other me? way. Uh, Giesman. 
Geisman. Geisman. Yeah. Geisman, right. He told us how to pronounce it, and we already forgot. Zachary, we're sorry. <laughs> Zachary Geisman. Then we have uh, our contributor for this week uh, is Janice Kang, who uh, uh, gave us $420.10, which is 42 times 10 plus yeah, 10 cents. I, I have a 10, note. 10, 10. As a note. I have a note here. And she has a note. Yeah, she says, uh, Hi, Adam and John. This is in regards to the four, 42 times 10 plus 0.10 contribution for 10, 10, 10. As a woman, I'm uncomfortable asking for a DD. <laughs> a DD. I guess she means a D douche. Yeah. Really? Is that uncomfortable for women to ask for? I haven't seen too many. I, no, I mean, a couple of the younger women. Uh, I don't think. I, I would guess that she has a woman. Well, she doesn't like probably it. Probably in her 30s because I think that's where the cutoff is. Mm hmm. And the young, you know, we have done it. It's been done. So she instead uh, would like to have a, uh, a bit of karma. So we can uh, hand her that. You've got karma. The second request is for measure. Oh, that overflowed, that one. That's nice, isn't it? The second request is for measurements. I'd like to get the circumference of your heads. And then she actually stipulates, knowing us, the ones on your shoulders. Uh, <laughs> this is the woman who doesn't want to be deduced. Yeah. It's for a project I have in mind, which might turn into a bit of money for No Agenda. Thanks, oh. for, thanks for shedding light on issues that haven't seen the light of day in ages. What uh, I don't know. How do you measure your head size? You get one of those. You uh, put it up your ass uh, and see if it fits. Is, is that <laughs> essentially it? You get a, a, a fabric uh, tape and you uh, wrap it around the across uh, your forehead and around the back. Okay, so we will have to do that. It's like measuring waists uh, or bust lines. I love the way you say measure. It's just so proper. That's how you say it, I think. Uh -huh. Okay, so that was it. So uh, we hope that we have a better Wait, that was turnout. it? That was it? Yeah, we don't even have an associate executive producer this week. No knighthoods? Nothing? Oh, no, we do have a knighthood coming up, but that's a make good. It was from it's, last week. It's a make week. good night. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Dvorak.org slash NA. We need to pay bills, people. And everyone else out there, you've got to go out and propagate the formula. At least do that for us. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And Janice, uh, of course, as a executive producer of the No Agenda program, episode 244, you have received an official credit. That can go on your resume. And as always, unlike Hollywood, we will vouch for you. Uh, anytime someone brings that into question, says, what is this? What is this executive producer credit? What is this show? What is this? You say, excuse me, I shall call the, my... my uh, show creators right now, the show runners, as they're known in Hollywood, and they will verify it. Exactly. Yes. Well, uh, the, the, the only thing I've really been focused, I mean, I have a lot of different stuff, uh, besides the fact that gold closed at $1,372, and that was actually down five, so it hit uh, $1,380. Yeah, it hit fourteen. Did it might it even hit 15. It's going to hit. Remember I predicted 15 by the end of the year? Before it craps out. Yeah, you keep saying that. Keep going, Johnny boy. You've been saying this since 850. I'm not saying anything. I'm, you'll start crapping out after the election. You watch. I don't know, man. This uh, this foreclosure crisis, which is the other thing I really focus my attention on. That's, uh, 
there's something going on here which is not being mentioned, or at least let's say it's. I, I noticed you had a couple of clips on it too. I think that things are being covered up. The real, the true nature of the problem is not being addressed. And well, that, okay, well, let's hear what your true nature of the problem is. Well, this is uh, the beginning of the unraveling of derivatives, and we, people cavalierly say, "Oh, you know, it's the it's the swaps, and, uh, and you know, the stuff was bonded up," and but they're glossing over what that really means. And I happen to understand a little bit about derivatives and swaps, and the reason why they can't find any of this. So, it, for those of you who who uh, are not indoctrinated by American news. Uh, on the heels of the the financial crisis, now there's uh, of course they have to foreclose on all these homes that people aren't uh, aren't paying for anymore. But uh, no one seems to know where the ownership papers are. <laughs> it's like where's that deed? Who owns that place? So the courts have been ramrodding foreclosure documents through, and just you know they call it what robo signings, I think is what the term is. And uh, in the process of that, there's all kinds of distractions, like uh, people's homes are foreclosed on who. Uh, who have who own their home outright or have been paying their mortgages, etc. So it's a, it's a big clusterfuck essentially. But the real problem is the way derivatives work. Uh, not a, uh, not a regulated entity, and I have witnessed this. I'll just have to say it again. I built a derivatives trading system with my company in 1995 for Bankers Trust, who is long since gone. Um, this shit just ha- happened on on uh, papers, faxes, and you know, stuffed in some guy's draw. And and if you know how swap works, do you know how a swap works, John? Yeah, kinda. But I mean, I can't, I can't design one if that's what you. Well, want. Well, yeah, you, you can't. Actually, you can. It's very simple. It, all you need is a, a party and a counterparty. But it's interesting to understand what happens here, and then you then you see the problem. So let's say I'm in London. And I have to buy uh, a machine in New York. And you're in New York and you have to buy some materials or you have to lease an office space in London. So in order to hedge your risk of uh, just a, a very basic swap, as it's known, in order to hedge your risk on uh, currency changes, which could, of course could really change your bottom line, you come together, you sign an agreement, a private agreement, which is faxed back and forth, and you say, okay, I'm going to borrow a million pounds from you, and uh, you're going to borrow uh, $2 million from me. And we'll have it at this set rate, and then we're, you know, it's kind of, it's a wash, basically. So we're swapped, we're out even. So that works. So now I've, I've hedged my risk, and you've hedged your risk. Uh, if the dollar and the pound changes significantly, you're basically going to be at the, at the same rate that you locked it in with, with this other private party. The problem is, is then I can go take my $2 million um, guarantee from you, and I can start to swap that out with somebody else. And say, well, look, I got $2 million over here, and that guarantees me you know, 3% interest a year at a fixed rate, so um, I can do something with the spread there of 3%, so I can mess around with 3%. And then that goes on and on. The next guy does the same thing. And all of this is, was never really documented. In fact, the trading system that I built, you'll love this, they wanted a web-based de- uh, derivatives trading system. So what happened was the guy would enter in a form, essentially like a CGI script. We had no idea what we were doing in the bank. So we built like a CGI script. It would take the form data. It would then hand it off to an, uh, an Excel spreadsheet, which would run it through their Black-Scholes model to see if the risk was appropriate. And then it would, it would drop a file onto a server, and then a process would run every 15 minutes, see if anything new was there, and then it would stick it into Lotus Notes. So you know that shit's gone forever. 
if it's in notes. Because notes databases are like, no one knows how they work. And that's huh. and that's the problem. And so when you when you do this with mortgages, which is no difference whether you're doing it with a mortgage or whether you're doing it with the with currency, the same thing happened. And it's all just it's the Lotus Notes databases. It's on faxes. It's guys who just had shit laying around. It was never really p- properly documented, and that's why they can't figure it out. And so I think this is the beginning of the unraveling of the true derivatives crisis. And it and everyone's freaking out. And look at the the well, banks; all their know, stocks are down. The, they want to regulate these things is the problem. Good luck. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you say, for example, say, for example, at least in this in this form, because there's no real there's not one model for these things. No, it, it, because uh, it's it's just a, a private no, it's because there's a bunch of deals. Like yeah. I, I say, hey, it's a Adam, deal. can, you, can you loan me 50 bucks? Yeah. And I say, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. Here's your 50 yeah, bucks. 50. Give me a piece of paper that says you're exactly. going to pay me back. And that's not I say, e- OK. Here's yeah. the piece of paper. And you take the piece of paper and say, hey, you, hey, Dvorak's going to pay this eventually. I don't know when I'll yeah. sell it to you for 40, 40. bucks. Yeah, 40. But give me give 40 it to some cash. guy, your neighbor. Yeah, exactly. So he's holding the paper now for you. And you and you've got the 40 bucks. Right. Now I, and I say... And hey, he starts Adam, calling you up, and you're like, who are you, douchebag? I don't know you. <laughs> I don't and know And it's like, how are. do you regulate? This is just a bunch of bullcrap going on in the background. It has to resolve itself. I mean, this is the whole thing. I mean, this is why... I, I, yeah, but so, we know that this is a $600 trillion problem. The president said so himself. And this is now starting to unravel because it's not just the mortgages. It's everything. And and more, it's not just like it's only mortgages tied up in this. I'm sure it was like here's a mortgage and here's like some some shit I borrowed that I'll throw into the mix. You know, it's all in there. Well, here's the here's what they should they should just ignore the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they should let it resolve itself. You know, if somebody owes somebody some money under some circumstance, good. Go go knock yourself out. You're in an unregulated deal. Maybe you got to bring a guy with a baseball bat to collect. I don't know. So they've got the shills out everywhere trying to say exactly what you just said. Let me give you a quick example from Bloomberg Television. Okay, well, meanwhile, the politics of the foreclosures are heating up. My next guest says the delay will impact the nation's economic recovery. Uh, Alex Sanchez is the CEO of the Florida Bankers Association uh, up here in New York for a change. Alex, uh, nice to see you. Great to see you, Betty. How are you? Good, good. And I saw your head nod when I was saying, look, this is going to delay, Mm -hmm. essentially, the the clearing out of these foreclosures. Right. And, and Betty, look, if some Someone has uh, been wrong here in this process. Let's make them whole. I love it when people say that. Let's make them whole, man. Let's just make them whole. Let's make them whole. What kind of horse crap is that? <laughs> make them whole. That means we'll just we'll make you whole, man. What are you? What are you in this eighth grade? Yeah. And a, uh, <laughs> and we're gonna make, look. If you got a problem, sort of, hey, Dvorak. If you got a problem, self-esteem course in the eighth grade. Yeah, we're just gonna make you whole, man. Shut up. We'll make you whole in the back end. Don't worry about it, brother. Uh, but let's not hold up the hundreds of, of thousands of homes that really need to be cleared and sold. Uh, so God, that I love. We need to clear this shit and sell let's it. Clear this crap uh, out. Let's clear this crap out and sell that shit. We're we're, we're getting hungry. Over over here. So our economic recovery can continue. Now, I will tell you, before a banker even files a foreclosure lawsuit, that's a very painful decision, something that the banker has tried to work out for Horse months and months. This, this is the funniest thing ever. you got to listen to what he says. This guy's a, this guy's a stooge. He's a douche. Yeah, douche. He's, he's the douche. shit. Douche. He's, he's a, a douche. douche. He's a douche. <laughs> You can't be a no douche. I'm douche. using that from now on. <laughs> it's a new word, douchebag. Hey, douche. douchebag. Hey, douche. 
But he is the president of the Bankers Association. And he's like, hey, you know, it's a really tough decision. Like, you know, we we, we struggle in agony thinking Yo, about should we foreclose. I got the follow-up clip for this All one. right, let me finish a little bit of this. Work out for months and months and months uh-huh. with the mortgage holder. And when it's not successful and then when all, everything has been exhausted, then they file the foreclosure. But it sounds like some of these processes have gone awry, though. I mean, judges approving yeah. cases in 30 seconds, you know, lawyers not showing up, the buyers themselves not showing up, or the well, sellers. Well, well, the problem is what they call it is the rocket docket. I mean, you know, there, there's thousands of yeah, these. I got a rocket docket here for you. I got your rocket dooch, docket. Dooch. I got your rocket docket right here. Many of them are flippers. Many of them are not the homes. Hey, they're all assholes. They're flippers. They're just flippers. They're, no one gives a crap. These guys are they're no good. They're no good, these uh, these people who are holding the mortgages. It's very painful. It's very painful. We got to, like, uh, you know, like foreclose on them. It takes months of agony. Agony. They're just flippers. Many of them are flippers. Many of them are not the homesteaded property. Okay. And, and, you know, and, and, and having these this moratorium is just going to slow up our economic process. It, we can't recover. <laughs> we can't recover. It's just slowing everything down. Reports have shown that we're never going to get to the bottom and start going up if we can't get these homes resold in the marketplace. Right. You can't clear out that inventory. You cannot. So, and when you buy a home, what happens, Betty? You buy refrigerators. You put new floors down. You buy furniture. So it's really going to hurt our economic recovery. And yeah, so that's right. It's going to hurt the economic recovery. You know, the the douchebag goes on forever. But he's he's out there shilling. And this Betty... Yeah, hi. It's great to see you. Yeah. Oh, Bloomberg has the yeah, worst. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw you nodding. You want to just listen to how they ended up. Like, they're going to go bone each other in the restroom after the interview. I mean, it, it's disgusting the way these journalists work. I'm working with folks in Washington uh, and, and folks like you to get the word out. And I think it's very important that folks like you to get the word out. There it is. Hey, hey, oh, yeah. hey, folks like Got you it. get the word out. Hey, come on, Bloomberg, get the word out. The, the policymakers listen to, to you, Betty, because this they're is. Betty, a- Betty, they listen to you, Betty. Betty, look into my eyes. Look deep into my eyes. The policymakers listen to you. And it's the truth, unfortunately. The policymakers sit they there, That's, sit there the watching Sick. MSNBC and CNBC, uh, CNBC and Bloomberg, and then Betty is 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 actually helping them make policy decisions. Policymakers listen to to you, Betty, because this is a very important part for our economy. Well, I mean, the press is certainly covering this uh, this, right. this development. Okay, Alex, thank you so much. Great to Appreciate see you. you stopping by. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Great to see you. Thanks for stopping by. I'm totally moist. That's so great. Hey, Alex, great, man. I'll see you at dinner, okay? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Betty. Thanks for helping make policy. Betty Boop. So uh, these these pricks uh, in the banks, uh, they take all this government money, and, of course, now it's been you know almost admitted by Obama that, you know, just to protect the bonuses. Yeah. Of the bankers, because heaven forbid, yeah, if they it, their, what if they left for Asia? I mean, oh, oh they, my God. They, if they didn't get their bonus, they'd be uh, living they, in uh, in it, Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> you get the bonuses there, which is, by, by, by the way, the way I see it, it's good riddance, but that's another story. Mm. So here's the, so they take, they have all this money, government, billions of dollars is thrown at the banks. Trillions. And so they get, they, they get, they go through this foreclosure process. Now, I have a clip from a local, from KPIX locally here. That's kind of a little investigative piece on foreclosure employees. Who did they hire 
And what did what kind of salaries? Not so much the money they're getting, but yeah, they got now, titles. Now, they got, now these are the people who uh, who actually who, go who, and, who weren't filling out the forms, or weren't doing their jobs, that were trying to rush these these foreclosures into the market illegally. I might add. Yes. And this this douche that you just talked to, <laughs> or just we just played that guy is defending this practice. This play foreclosure employees in its entirety, and tell me that you're not sickened by this story. The lender foreclosed, repossessed, and resold Thomas's home in three months. His attorneys believe it's another case in a growing stack of foreclosures pushed through by so-called robo-signers. The lawyers interviewed 150, among them out-of-work beauticians, Walmart clerks, and fast food workers, given impressive titles but with little or no experience, hired to sign paperwork as fast as they could. The inexperienced young workers were called Burger King kids at J.P. Morgan Chase. The New York Times says frazzled workers at Citigroup and GMAC sometimes toss the papers into the trash. They're signing false affidavits. They're signing affidavits that would say things like every allegation in the complaint is true. And they never saw the complaint. But some of them had no idea what a complaint was. In one deposition, Wells Fargo employee Z Ma said she would sign 300 to 500 documents a day, which stated that she had examined all books, records, and documents in each foreclosure and had personal knowledge of the money owed. When questioned, Ma admitted the only thing she examined was her own name and title. Vice President of Loan Documentation. <laughs> Ma is a college dropout who worked for a home decor company and had two weeks of training at Wells Fargo. <laughs> Wells Fargo told CBS News its foreclosure affidavits are accurate and it will take corrective action with employees who do not follow procedure. Yeah. In San Francisco, Don Knapp, CBS 5. Follow procedure, slave. Uh, that's Unbelievable. Mint. No, that's mint. These are the same people who took the census. It's the same people. Not yeah, even. It is not, mint. Not even. <laughs> Some bonehead. Uh, just sign this. Just sign as many as you can. We'll wow. take we'll take further yeah. action on their on their irregularities. <laughs> I mean, Wells Fargo has got to be at the sleaze bag. What kind of an organization? Who would do business with them, ladies and gentlemen out there? If you have an account with these people, close it. Close it. They're screwing. They're gonna if they're gonna pull this kind of stuff and they're gonna make some bogus excuse. They're obviously gonna end up screwing you over somewhere along the line. Well, and and what became painfully aware to me once again, listening to all this, and actually we had a, a very nice note come in from uh, one of our uh, human resources. You know, the cash is gone. Money is gone. It's meaningless. It's just shit in a database. Stuff written on paper. Uh, it's it, we're we're in this weird society where our belief system is that there's still value on things, and it's these little digits that are attached to it. But it's completely meaningless, and and the people who are propagating it really don't give a crap as long as they have lots of numbers, as long as they've got the digits, and it's just killing everything and everybody, everything. Well, anyway. This guy, this human resource, tried to get uh, $11,000 in cash from a Citibank. I'm sorry, Bank of America. Oh, the, another bank that I hate. They didn't have it. No, no, no. We don't, <laughs> they we, didn't have no, it. They only have $5,000 in cash at each bank. <laughs> if you want more than 5000 then you uh, you have to submit a, a written request. And you These have to aren't get, banks anymore. Yeah. This is bullcrap. These are just computer centers. And then, and then later, he got a, a, a note... They don't uh, even need that big safe anymore. The, no, of course. They, in fact, the guy even said, "Where's your safe?" And the and then the uh, the manager came over and started to give him crap about it. What do you need it for? What, what do you need? We have hey, what do you, what do you need cash for? Hey, hey, what do you need cash for? So you got to sign this so we can. Uh, and the guy got a, uh, got a note, dear Mister X. 
Hope all is well with you. We need your assistance in addressing some questions that have come up on your account. Because he, of course, took, took the money out eventually. Um, in particular, two cash deposits on uh, September 22nd, 2010, the amount of $15,000. And on uh, October 8th, 2010, $8,000. In order to assist our compliance department to better understand the activity, please provide an explanation for the cash-in source of funds. The purpose for these transactions, and is the activity anticipated to continue in the future? What is a bank? You 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 can't take your money to the bank. You can't get it out of the bank. And, and what's eight grand? To do with money laundering, drug business, or dude, just financing or terrorism. Yeah, but but he literally but not if you're depositing it in the bank unless the bank's financing terrorism. No, How are you no, financing he, he is he's, he put money in the bank. He took it out yeah, of well, Bank of America, and he put it into the bank, and they need to, the compliance department needs to know where that money came from. Hey, 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 hey how'd you get that money? That's crazy. And do you, well, it's uh, just like the cops that have been pulling people over throughout the United States, and then if they find more than a few thousand dollars on them, they confiscate it, saying it's drug money. Or at TSA. Yeah, TSA's been looking askance at everything that comes through, even though they're not supposed to. So this is why I get really negative about... Uh, about what's happening. This is so not good. What are we going to do? We can't do anything but, but bitch. But bitch about it. Bitch about the That's bitches. all we do is complain. What is this other uh, foreclosure clip you have? Uh, let's see. Where was it? Uh, we, it we did focus on foreclosure first. Oh, well, this is, uh, this is from, this is kind of a, yeah, this is ancillary, but, but similar. Uh, this is the Sharon Engel, uh, Harry Reid debate. This is apparently took- a very close race in Nevada. Yeah, and Sharon Angle's kind of an idiot, but uh-huh. she means well. And and Reed is a, just a total douche. <laughs> douche. I mean, the guy's a sleazeball, he's slow talking, won't answer questions. No, Reed? Uh, he's just a stooge. And uh, so you know, Angle can win because, you know, this guy won. So, so the, the, they actually had a pretty good debate with a guy from, of all places, PBS, a local PBS sta- station. Oh, National Trade. Who asked pretty hard questions. And he was asking Reed this question about focusing on foreclosure instead of focusing on health care. And Reed wouldn't answer the question. And the guy came back at him, which I thought was interesting. So I have the clip where the guy asked Reed to, you know, to explain himself. And read, then I speed up the tape because I can't stand listening to this guy. So we, we race through, <laughs> yeah. we race through this bogus answer. And then the guy, the guy reiterates, says, Hey, you didn't answer the question. I've been very, very good. Very good. You hardly ever hear that. This is what they never. give you a non answer and the guy didn't. Oh, very good. Let's listen. In light of the expensive mandates on small business and the intense voter backlash, why didn't you and President Obama focus on jobs and the foreclosure crisis first? knowing how Nevada has suffered more than any other state. For a long time in this country, insurance companies have dominated the health care delivery system. You pay your premiums, you get sick or hurt, they walk away from you. We passed health insurance reform because we had no choice. I didn't worry about the question. The facts are all wrong. We ordered the Congressional Budget Office independence. I've been told that we will reduce the debt by $1.3 trillion. We allow people who are, have children who have pre-existing disabilities like diabetes to no longer be denied insurance by those folks. It is something that we had to do, including extend the life of Medicare for 12 years. Don't know the facts that you gave me are simply wrong. We had to do health insurance reform. Funny thing is, I, he actually makes sense. It creates jobs, thousands and thousands of jobs. Hey, Senator, I'm going to uh, ask you that again. Why didn't you and President Obama 
focus on jobs and the foreclosure crisis first, knowing how Nevada has suffered more than any other state. We did focus on foreclosure first. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what a douche. How can I resist? Hey, how do you spell douche? D-O-O-T-C-H. You said, so, it uh, could also be D-E-W-T-C-H. That'd be that'd be better. Deutsch, it seems to okay. me. Okay, uh, Deutsch, double uh, Deutsch. So the guy, the guy goes on and says the insurance companies have dominated, blah blah blah. They, they dominate now. They're they're dominating even more. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole healthcare thing make, gives the insurance companies really a free, free reign free and a, a guaranteed yep. customers. Wow, what an asshole! Yeah, <laughs> hey now, <laughs> now, yeah. now I did get a, uh, I did get a, a clip from this thing that was. I don't know. I don't know if you knew this or when when she said it. Sharon Angle said something kind of interesting, and when she, as soon as she said it, I said that's interesting because I I don't I don't know that I knew this because uh, it didn't come out in in any of the mainstream stuff and I didn't read it anywhere. Maybe you have uh, and you knew about it, but I didn't. Can you play the Sharon Angle clip? Yeah. What we have here is an illegal alien problem, and the solution is simple. Secure the borders, enforce the laws. I think every state should have a sheriff like Joe Arpaio, and we should be supporting Arizona instead of suing Arizona like Senator Reid and President Obama have. When they sued Arizona, they also allowed 11 foreign countries to join in that suit. Senator Reid, you've allowed 11 foreign countries to dictate our immigration law. That's just nuts. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. How does, so we're how does letting, that work? Wait a minute, let me get this straight. How does that work? Our government, <laughs> our federal government, which brings up the 10th Amendment issue again, by the way, uh-huh. our federal government has sued Arizona and then let 11 other countries join our government in suing one of our states? Yeah, and w- which ones? How many? How many uh, governments border on uh, Arizona? Well, there's only one. <laughs> I know I that's assume. what I mean. How, what are those other eleven doing? Well, probably the Guatemala. Other the, where, where some of these big gangs come from? They're probably in on this. Uh, I, I don't know. We have to look it up. I mean, maybe somebody in the chat room can give that's us crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, she's right. It is just crazy. You know, this is a chain. I think this is an old one, an old uh, chain. And typically, I throw them out. I get angry at chain mail. Uh, but this is one of those funny ones. Whether it's true or not, it at least gives you some sentiment about how stupid uh, politicians are. Have you seen this one? It has to do with. Uh, I'm sure I have. It has to do with travel, with uh, a ticketing agent who gets all these stupid calls from uh, congressional staffers, and but also from from ranking politicians. Um. Oh, this is one of those comedy chain mails. Yeah, but I, 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 yeah, I no, would go ahead, it. read a couple. Of okay, them. let's see. Uh, this is Carol Shea Porter asked for an aisle seat so her hair wouldn't get messed up being near the window. Uh, <laughs> that thing is good. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a couple of good. I want to get the good ones here. Uh, senior Vermont Congressman Bernie Sanders called furious about a Florida vacation package, or it doesn't say vac- a Florida package we did. I asked what was wrong with the vacation. Oh, it is a vacation in Orlando. He said he was expecting an ocean view room. Uh, the agent tried to explain that uh, that's not possible since Orlando is in the middle of the state. There's not not actually on the ocean. He replied, "Don't lie to me. I looked at the map. Florida is a very thin state." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
An aide, an aide. I don't believe that one. I don't, I don't either. An aide for Janet Napolitano once called and asked if he could rent a car in Dallas. I pulled up the reservation, noticed he had only a one-hour layover in Dallas. When I asked him why he wanted to rent a car, he said, well, I heard Dallas has a big airport. We need to, uh, a car to drive between gates to save time. I could believe that one. I, I, I think that, uh, like, Dallas is a big airport, and you could drive you could between drive, gates but, to save but time, but I don't still, believe it. I don't believe it. I think it's bogus. And here's my favorite. An aide to uh, Senator John Kerry, her name is Lindsey Ross, called. They're given names here, so I kind of like that called to inquire about a package to Hawaii after going over all the costs. She said, would it be cheaper to fly to California and then take the train to Hawaii? No, this is bull. <laughs> this, this chain, this chain letter is, is, is a pack of lies. Okay. It made me smile in the morning. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. It certainly did. It made me smile. Uh, Anti-UN protests uh, going on in Haiti right now, which uh, I'm sure you've seen that all over the news, John. Isn't it all over the news? I didn't know there was anything going on in Haiti except death. Isn't it all over the news? Protesters carrying banners saying, down with the occupation, which seems like a pretty poor slogan to me. We're forced back by United Nations soldiers. Security personnel traded blows with demonstrators and troops started firing in the air with helicopters hovering above. I'd say that's newsworthy. I did. I would think it's newsworthy. A, and why, of course, the question remains, why wasn't it covered? Uh, which, well, we know why, but yeah, we're not, we, you know, of course we're we still know. asking. Because it's supposed to be a friendly island because that's where we're going to have and our hotels. I didn't know there nice. were U.N. troops with the blue helmets over there. No, really? You didn't know that? They were. What are you talking about? No, I know they're setting up shop there. No, there were like 30,000 the U.N. guys there before the earthquake even hit. They were just waiting. They were, they were ready. Are you kidding me? They were already well, I, over during there. During the earthquake, you never saw any blue helmets. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I'm sorry. You're incorrect. I I forgot. Demonstrators also burned the flag of Brazil, the nation that has contributed the largest contingent to the international peacekeeping force. I love it. Peacekeeping force firing their guns in the air. Uh, Haitians feel that the presence of the U.N. security personnel doesn't offer much in terms of ordinary Haitians living in camps. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, congratulations. It's supposed to be a friendly island, so that's why you're not going to see anything. Uh, and then further investigation by the Associated Press News Agency has determined that none of the $1.5 billion, uh, $1.15 billion, this is the money that they promised after the money they promised didn't come. <laughs> none of the $1.15 billion in rebuilding funding promised by the U.S. has arrived yet. But there yeah, has, it's only been a year. Yeah, but there have been reports of a rise in drug, drug trafficking and criminal gang activities. And this, of course, spurred me on to go take a look at uh, the Clinton Foundation once again, uh, ClintonFoundation.org, who literally you sent your money to, and I'm still looking for the. It's the uh, the form is IRS form nine nine. Is it nine nine zero? I think it is. Hold on, let me let me check. Uh, I just want to make sure I'm saying it right. Yeah, nine nine zero for a five hundred one C corporation. And uh, he has still not filed his for 2009, and I looked up the IRS uh, publications. And this is, by the way, is a document that is uh, open for public record. It states it so right there on the, on the form that this is uh, open for public scrutiny because, of course, they're not paying taxes. Uh, it is required to file this uh, on the uh, first day of the fourth month. 
preceding the year of which taxes are due, you can get a three-month extension, which is not automatic. You have to request it. I'm sorry, it's the 15th day of the fourth month. Um, and you can, I would say the Form 9T has to be uh, filed on the 15th day of the fifth month at the end of the tax year. You can get the three-month extension, and for some reason, you can also get a second three-month extension. I didn't know you could do that. Uh, yeah, but apparently you can, you can on a uh, form. But that means October, yeah, October fifteenth was. It has to be filed now. So it it would be now, right? Yeah. Okay. We just filed our taxes on yeah. October fifteenth, right? You, which you is, mean you you mean which you. I now believe may, may be the reason a lot of people didn't give us any donations this uh, day because oh. I think I think our, we think we I think our group That's a good point yeah. is probably in the same kind of a category. Put it off, put it off, and then pay. And uh, that the buy it was way too much money we had to pay. It was outrageous. Did you have it all saved up? Yeah, well, I don't have anything now. I'm broke. <laughs> real, like Literally. seriously, yeah. No, I, I I hear you. I hear you, my brother. I hear. You. I mean, I'm I'm saving everything. That's why the economy is so screwed because John and Adam aren't spending. It's completely buggered. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, 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 I did my tax. You're sorry. Yeah. No, I, I, I paid my taxes on time this year, first time in a long time. And, uh, yeah, that sucked. And then I got, yeah, I don't even want to go into it. It sucks. It fucking sucks. And it, it sucks the most when I know what, the, what, it, what it's going to. It's going to these assholes, and they're buying shit. Giving to, it to bankers who then hire idiots to, do, uh, to screw people douche, out of their homes. Douche bags, yeah. And, and, and it's to go kill brown people in foreign lands. Did you see this uh, Hillary Clinton thing at the Commonwealth Club? Yep. I, I haven't taken any clips from it yet. I was working on it. Yeah, I it's did. It's hard to listen to. She's so boring. Well, what I like about her is, is she at least, well, she doesn't, so unlike the president when it's about, when it's about Pakistan, um, and this, actually I have a, an, an appropriate clip, it's about taxes. This is kind of cool. Uh, unlike our president, who just says, well, you know, right? Just douches something out there. They, they, what? Who, what did he say? Clinton actually sits there and will talk for 20 minutes and lie her fat ass off. Oh, and, yeah. She's a nonstop chatterbox, and she's a liar. And uh, one of our uh, producers sent us uh, a little note with the, actually some time codes. She keeps whenever she goes into the lie, she touches her face. You can watch her; she's a real telegrapher on this one. When yeah, she, no, she, it, you know, the, O'Reilly has a woman come on who does uh, uh, body language yes, stuff. Yes, and she's actually very. I mean, I don't know how accurate any of this stuff is, but she's she, really she's interesting. She's also hot, which is kind of cool. She's kind of cute, yeah. yeah. She's hot. But anyways, she comes on and she, and she caught uh, she did they did a thing with Clinton and the the classic was and as soon as you you she explained it then you watch it you go, oh my god she's right Clinton was 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 saying she was saying something in a positive way while shaking her head back and forth in other saying words, no, no I'm yeah, lying no, I'm lying right and then she then she'd say something uh, no I'm not going to do that while nodding her head yes, I'm not going yeah, I know she it's is crazy do it. she, she 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 really needs some training or she needs her uh, MK Ultra chip adjusted because she's given a lot away when she does that yeah no listening to this woman dissect the Clinton's body language is like oh my god Clinton she just gives it every she gives it all away she's so, terrible so here she is just keep her head straight you know she shouldn't w- move wiggle or do anything except talk 
So and she should look straight ahead. So she can't. Yeah, well, she gets too comfortable, right? Because she's in a room of elites and all of her little ass sucker friends. And she's like, oh, you know, and she's like Queen Bee and she, her nipples are all hard and stuff. You know it. You just know that she's totally getting off on this. So here she is talking about Pakistan. And this is total economic hitman stuff. Total economic hitman stuff where she is essentially saying we've got a crackdown in Pakistan because they need to raise taxes to pay us for uh, helping them. I mean, is that not the definition of how economic hitmen stuff works? It's one of it's one of the techniques. Yeah, okay. it's one of the uh, one of the models. And she's touching her face the entire time. It's uh, it's just amazing. In Pakistan, as well as outside of Pakistan, the United States cannot and should not be expected to help Pakistan uh, with its. Uh, development needs. Development needs. Notice that they need it needs some development. Like, um, yeah, our presence there, so we can own the region. Unless Pakistanis do more to help themselves, and that includes reforming a tax system that does not tax the elite and the landed um, uh, propertyed class. Uh, Pakistan has one of the lowest tax per GDP. Uh, percentages at 9% in the world. This is amazing to me. How many donations have we received from Pakistan? None. None. This is a tax haven. And they speak English there a lot. You guys got ton of, a ton of money over 9% tax rate. We're not listening to our show. That's the problem. You, no no kidding. They show. got no problems. They're like, hey, all they, all they got are some drones. Yeah, I'm paying well, 9% the drones taxes. are kind of a pain in the ass. They got 9% tax rate, which is awesome. beautiful. Awesome. And it should, but, you know, and by some theories, I mean, there are low tax rates around the world in different countries. 9%. Uh, ours being extremely high. Yeah, but 9%. Especially for corporations. Yeah. And um, so she's telling them what, how to run their country. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Right. And so we are working with them on reforming their tax system uh, because some of the richest people in Pakistan pay less than $100 in all taxes. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and <laughs> let's move, let's move, let's to, move Pakistan. to Pakistan. My Mickey, pack the bags. We're going to Pakistan. Wow. Bring your boots. <laughs> Bring your rubber this boots. Bull crap I hear it's, of course it's bull crap. But we are helping, we are helping them reform their tax. What are we doing? Who are we? Who does, does who does she represent? Who does she think she who is? Who does she think she is? My goodness. When I was in London, um, no, where was I? Brussels yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I was. <laughs> you hear everyone laugh and like, oh, that's so funny. She's so busy. She's so incredibly cool. She doesn't even know where she is. What, uh, what day is this? It's, uh, it's Tuesday. Well, it must be uh, Kalamazoo. Like she's a rock star. And who was she hanging out with? With that evil elitist baroness bitch. I was uh, with um, Kathy Ashton, who's the newly appointed high representative of the European Union. And we did. I'll bet she's high. I bet they're both sitting there. Yeah, I'm hot, dude. I'm so baked. How about you, Kathy? (laughs) I'm baked. Press conference about aid for Pakistan. And I said, and she certainly echoed our expectation that the elite of Pakistan do more to help their own country if they expect us to help them. <sighs> Amazing talk. 
A very interesting. Uh, yeah, well, we get there. We're targeting them. It's these guys are toast uh, in some way, shape, or form. We're going to take. We're going to take their country, their their resources. We're going to take the pipeline. Yep. We're going to take their money. We're going to make them tax them and take it. And uh, and they're going to be wondering what happened. Gonna, I mean, they're going to be gonna, fighting us left and right, it. and we're going to be. But it's going to be all those terrorists fighting us. Yeah, yeah. that sounds good. Well, of course, the, there's only one real reason for us helping them, John. You know why we're helping them, don't you? Well, you tell me. Al Qaeda, of course. Uh, I, I'm, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's not. A, it's the Taliban. I'm sorry. New Taliban name. Rebranded. Rebranded. Just really testing the waters on this, uh, and it is. Uh, very challenging because many of the leaders uh, live uh, not in Afghanistan but in Pakistan. Oh, there you go. They're they're in Pakistan. I didn't know that. That's funny. The leaders. Oh wait, that's all we've been talking about for the last two, three, four, five years. Then why are we even in Afghanistan? And many of the uh, sanctuaries for the Taliban in Pakistan uh, is where the plan. Sanctuary. Do you just do you have the same idea as sanctuary where there's like palm trees and topless chicks walking around with uh, you know there is you know, Obama brought this whole <laughs> this whole meme into the play before he got elected and we should not be surprised by any of it. What the sanctuary? Yeah, I mean he's he, before he was elected, he ran on where well, we have to go bomb Pakistan because that's where all these guys are. There's sanctuaries. But but uh, don't you just get the idea that it's like a luxury sanctuary and they're all just hanging out and like plot, I don't, actually when I think a sanctuary. I well, you that's the way that's the way you your mind works. Yeah. When I think a sanctuary, I think of like a a, a kind of a calm Buddhist monastery <laughs> with, surrounded by people chanting. Oh, no, 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 no. And the organization and the direction uh, and the coordination with Al-Qaeda uh, continues. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, we have to, always got to bring him back in. The coordination with Al-Qaeda. Hey, uh, hey Al-Qaeda, this is uh, Taliban speaking. Now, we want to coordinate some coordinates with you. Hello, Taliban. This is, uh, this is, uh, hello, this is Al-Qaeda. We want to coordinate some coordination with you. <laughs> what, is, good. What, what does that mean? So we have also, <laughs> as part of the review that the president ordered uh, back uh, in uh, January '09, we have engaged much more intensely uh, with the Pakistani leadership, both the civilian government and the military leadership, uh-huh. uh, and have made it very clear to them that we want a different relationship. But we expect... Uh, that- I, I really want a more open relationship. I, I've, it's not just not working for me anymore. You know, I, I think we need to see other countries. How are you feeling about it, John? Their assistance in going after um, not just the Pakistani Taliban who threatened them, but the Afghan Taliban, uh, the Haqqani Network, and Al-Qaeda. The what? The, what? the, the Haqqani wh- Network. Haqqani Network? Who, is it? who are those guys? This is new to me. Who are the Haqqanis? Haqqani Network, broadcasting <laughs> live. This is the Haqqani Network. Hello, uh, this is the Haqqani Network. We want to coordinate with Taliban and with Al-Qaeda. Can <laughs> the Can I come and coordinate with you in the sanctuary? It's like a movie. It's like a total... And, and I, I, I cut the applause off of that clip, but everyone's like... Yeah, oh, it's a, it's oh, like a George oh, Clooney movie. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh yes, Hillary. Ah, oh. Clinton Clooney for for two thousand twelve. Clinton Clooney, what a ticket! What a ticket! Hakani.
How do you spell Hakani? I don't know. I never heard it before this speech of hers. Here, H A Q Q U A N I. Hold on a second. Oh, maybe H A Q Q. That would make sense. U A N I Hakani. Oh, here it is. Hakani Network. There's also Hakani Soul. <laughs> it's a new type. It's the new music sweeping the nation. Yeah, Hakani Network. Wikipedia has a whole article on it. Wow. Oh, here we go. Uh, the Haqqani Network is an independent insurgent group in Afghanistan. And oh, this independent. That's independent. They're coordinating. No, 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 no. Well, wait a minute. They're closely allied with the Taliban. They're allied. Uh-huh. All right. The network is thought to present, I guess they meant represent, present one of the biggest threats to NATO and the United States forces in Afghanistan. Following WikiLeaks July 2010 publication, oh, okay. All right. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Okay, so this this is a, a new name. What is the? Tra- I'm sure it means something like Dutzbag. If you just translate Hakani, can Google translate Pakistani? You think? You can put it in a uh, somebody in the chat room probably speaks Pakistani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, we don't have people who donate. How do you figure we got someone in the chat room who speaks Pakistani? Well, I think, I don't know, maybe the Pakistanis are cheaper than the Indians. How is that, huh? Let me just see. Pakistani. What do they speak there? They don't speak Pakistani. It's not what they speak. English. <laughs> what, what do they speak in Pakistan? I, it's a language. Yeah, but it's not. The Google Translate has... Uh, it's not Hindu. Persian, I, I, Polish, Portuguese. Yeah, they speak Polish. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what happens if I translate Hakani from Polish into English. Let's see. Hey, it's Hakani without the U. There you go. They speak mo- it's, I think they speak mostly Urdu. Yeah, it is. Urdu. Urdu? Yeah, U-R-D-U. Urdu. No, Google doesn't translate that. Why not? It's U-R-D-U. Oh, they hear yeah, it. Is. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry, you got it. It means alpha. Oh, interesting. Oh, alpha. Great. They're the alpha. The alpha males. So the, the the top dogs, the first, the number one, the leaders of the pack. Rule number one. So it's just it's just a code yeah, I wonder name. If they, you know, I think the what we need is a what's a Hakati? Is that the name? Yeah, Hakani. 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 We need one of those big giant uh, foam fingers. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> that says number one on We're it. And alpha. put the logo on We're it. alpha, baby. We're <laughs> number one. <laughs> we should make those no agenda Hakani number one foam fingers. Perfect. It's an it's a new premium. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh premiums, uh since it'll be a very short list, let's uh let's thank some people. Yeah, we also have a, a night, uh, a black night, and a uh, one birthday. Who's the black night? We, we got nothing this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ray Manguel, Jersey City, New Jersey, sent us uh, double nickels on the dime. No comment. Uh, Lori Carpy is still on her knighthood layaway, and that is, is common. Uh, Chris Lewinsky, Sherwood Park, uh, Alberta, Canada, $50. That's it. Also, only see one birthday, John. Unless I'm uh, mistaken, I've got Kelly. I, I, yeah, maybe another, but I don't see. I only either. see one. Kelly Spears wants to wish her amazing husband, Aaron Spears, a very happy 33rd birthday today. And uh, who's uh, who's our Black Knight? Our Black Knight is Dennis Cruz, who has been contributing and has documented uh, his. Uh, oh, okay. Hold on a second. 
Dennis, that's right, Dennis Cruz, right. We had to do the math, but we'd like Dennis Cruz to step forward, please. Dennis, come on over here for a second. First of all, our apologies, as uh, your donations were so supportive over the uh, over a long period of time, we had to really search through the archives to figure it all out, but thank God you did your own accounting. So let's just uh, draw swords here for a second. John, your Hold sword. On. Yeah, there, there you go. Dennis Cruz, we hear by night these, sir. Dennis Cruz, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. For you, sir. Bountiful hookers and blow. So Cruz will be the last guy installed into the 10-10-10 knighthood, uh, order of the 10-10-10s, the triple tens. Right. And that's it. Okay. Well, that's uh, that means dry bread and water this uh, this week. Crap. Yeah, I think the tax thing is the, is the is the that and Clooney caused this downturn in uh, donations. We have to pick it up. And I don't want to hound people with emails constantly. Uh so I you know, I just rather they listen to us beg for money and uh and their own karma on the show and you can go to dvorak.org slash na com slash na or the noagendashow.com and link to the donations. Uh, all the, the deals are there for you to uh, take advantage of. Yeah, and, and maybe we just don't restate it often enough that you know we've chosen for a model that, uh, that just doesn't work the way uh, typical media does. It, it, it kind of works for us, but not well enough. It's never worked well enough. But it's, I feel it's the right way to go because we can literally sit here and we can say anything we need to or we feel necessary. And we get tons of people who uh, appreciate, appreciate what we're doing. Uh, but, right. But we need more listeners, which would help. Yes. And by the way, you, you can, you know, we would make twice as much money the way I figured or more, maybe three times as much if we, did, if we had advertising. But we cannot sustain advertising on this show. If, uh, I mean, Adam Curry cannot talk about the Secretary of State having hard nipples. I mean, if you listened earlier, and, and no advertiser will put up with that. Because, oh, you can't say that. It's rude. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed you put up with it, John. It's amazing I put up with it, but it's, I find it like it's an eye roller sometimes, and sometimes it's amusing, and I get, sometimes the image is just something you don't want to think about, so I, I blank even, it I out. even got an eye roll from Mickey on that one. She went like, what? You know what we're missing? We're missing, um, we need uh, telephones ringing. That's the problem, John. That's, yeah, we that's, gotta have our telephones ringing when we're asking for money at uh, dvark.org/na. Yeah. Uh, hey, we've got the call back standing by. Yeah, and and by the way, in October we are uh, having a couple extra shows because of the weird month that it is, which has been nothing but bad luck this month. And yeah, no uh, shit. Which I think is some of the t- so once we're out of this month, hopefully things will improve. But but I mean, we're providing uh, I guess this month maybe twenty hours of uh, of rock solid. Uh, it, you know, programming for people who are mostly commuters. We, I, we, we will admit that most of our listeners are commuters stuck in their car. And, uh, you know, you're getting something for it. And it's good conversation starters at a, a cocktail party. And, and you could probably develop a lot of uh, love-hate relationships using some of the material <laughs> yeah. we develop. Yeah. You, you, you know, at least you will be entertained. No matter you, you, yes. you may you may break up, you may get fired, but uh, you know your coworkers may shun you forever. No, but it's seri- in all seriousness, most people that uh, listen to the show uh, are very appreciative of it because they they actually live in more harmony, knowing at least it, when you know that you're being lied to and bullshitted at, then at least you can see and go, okay, I know. At least I'm okay. It's like a shield, you know. It's like a shield. It's like the 
The Harry Potter's uh, cape. The bullshit filter. Yeah, yeah bull- the Harry Potter <laughs> shield of something. Yeah, what is that thing called? The cape I of... I can't remember. The, the cape, cape of, of something. Hey, how come we don't know that? Because we're not watching that bullshit. That's why we don't know that. Because we're spending too much time watching C-SPAN. Whoa. So yeah, we want to thank people who do donate. By the way, we could use some more subscribers. If yeah, you don't five feel that like you can uh, yeah. send us 50 to $200, you want to just subscribe, $5 <laughs> a month. We've got $30 a month subscriptions, the lucky $30 a month subscription, also thirty-three, thirty-three, uh, and $42 a month. There's these options, and you can uh, do that, and that helps. It brings the bottom line up a little bit. And anyone who gives us less, you know, is we're, we appreciate That's that. Too. Shit, we, yeah. I don't shit, appreciate, yeah. by the way, the people who send in 10 cents. Oh really? We get the, we uh, get we don't that. Really I didn't get see any that. money out of that. PayPal takes the whole ten cents, <laughs> yeah. and the only reason they're doing it is either to be on the mailing list or just or 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 as a joke or to complicate our bookkeeping or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that helps. Uh, that you know, find something that find somebody else to pester. <laughs> the cape of gayness. <laughs> I'm looking at the chat room. Help us. <laughs> the cape, the of, cape gayness. of gayness. Yeah, no, that's not what it is. <laughs> Oh. That's disgusting. That is totally wrong. That is so wrong. <laughs> Give him a douchebag. So bag, that guy. slash na or channel slash na. So this was a, a, a late breaking story that came in about uh, implants that may help heroin addiction. Totally loving this. You know, now that we've uh, indoctrinated everyone with our, you know, our cheap heroin coming from uh, Afghanistan, which, of course, is one of the true reasons we're there, is to import that shit. Uh, did you see the story, John? Nope. People Hit addicted it. to heroin or prescription opiates might have a hands-free device. <laughs> this is great. This is from Wired. These guys write well, though. Hands-free. For getting through the rigors of drug withdrawal, I like the rigors, John. You know, rigors. When I when I uh, when I was when I was kicking off of heroin, it was a real rigor, rigmarole. It was just rigors. <laughs> it's a rigmarole. I, I just had rigors of like that's yeah, it's okay. Uh, the medication bupor. Uh, I'm I suck at this. Buprenorphine. Buprenorphine. I don't know. Just give me the spelling. B u p r e n o r. P H I N E, buprenorphine. B U P R E N what? N O R P H I N E, buprenorphine. So anyway, if you have this stuff implanted under the skin and released over a twenty-four week period, it can ease drug cravings, and it actually helps some patients stay clean, according to a report in the Journal of American Medical uh, Association. So this is the real deal here. Buprenorphine, John, before you look it up, is a semi-synthetic opioid compound prescribed for pain relief and for addiction withdrawal. Is this this thing, that the, the shot thing that, the, that these guys were hawking earlier? I have no idea. It works something like methadone, which of course is still handed out in Gitmo Nation lowlands to uh, heroin abusers. And uh, so apparently now you can have this uh, just implanted uh, in your body and, uh, and you'll feel good. And you, uh, you, you have like a double high. When you can't get your fix, then you're on this shit. How do you make this stuff? That's the cool question. Is it made from the real deal? I mean, is it is a byproduct of uh, of opium? Uh, is it would keep the opium it's, poppy it's, fields in it, business? Yeah, I think it does. It's semi-synthetic, so that means part of it is the real deal, right? I don't know. Well, well I, I'm, I'm talking it up here, and you should be Googling that stuff, man. What, I'm this Googling is, now, but I'm Googling something. Uh, you can't spell it? No, I'm, I'm looking at something else. Uh, <laughs> You're looking at porn. 
Stop that. Stop Googling porn here. Buprena, here it is. Wikipedia, the Ministry of Truth Speaks. Semi-synthetic opioid used to treat... So, Jesus, Wired copied the fucking Wikipedia entry. <laughs> oh, well, oh, 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 here it is. It is a Bentley derivative opioid. John, it's the Rolls-Royce of drugs. It's a Bentley derivative. What does that mean? A be- it says here, a Bentley derivative opioid of the phenatherine class with extremely high binding affinity and blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Uh, hmm. Well, you know, I'm oh, reminded... Oh, Reckitt distributes this. Those are the guys who, who do soap powder. Who? Reckitt. Reckitt. Reckitt? Yeah. Reckitt? Yes, Reckitt, yeah. Like Reckitt? Hey, get in a Reckitt. Let's Reckitt. No, R-E-C-K-I-T-T. They do, like, the dishwashing powder and stuff. They're a huge uh, chemical company. Huh. They they sell ads on Mebio all the time. So I I think for our for our uh, book club and uh, there's a the reason I, I what I was looking up because like for some reason couldn't remember William Burroughs' name. Uh, there is a there is a novel by William Burroughs called <laughs> Junkie. Uh huh. And and he talks about getting off of uh, uh, heroin addiction using something called apomorphine. Hmm. Which again would be a what, but and apparently what apomorphine does, you switch over to it, and then anytime you're confronted with heroin, you start puking your guts up to such an extreme that you that you you just can't you won't you do have anything. second thoughts, yes, second <laughs> thoughts. Hmm, and, let me see. And so, uh, and he was always he was in his novel. He was baffled by the fact that the uh, powers that be. Uh, wouldn't uh, that would not wouldn't, wouldn't generally this. adopt this technology, this technique for for getting people off of heroin, instead making them addicted to something else. Duh, uh, duh. So, uh, I know. I'm, so you've just yeah, spoiled the I'm book. Just saying, he was just baffled supposedly by this. Why uh, do we even have to read the book now? Now that we know that this, you spoiled spoiler. Hey John, how much of a slave are you? Let me let me let me give you this one. I'm sure people emailed this to you and just guffawing. TSA rolls out body scanners at SeaTac Airport, your favorite. Don't you fly to SeaTac from time to time? I fly out of SeaTac quite a bit. Yeah. Security screeners will start asking people flying out of SeaTac Airport to submit to full body scans in about a week's time. 14 backscatter x-ray machines will be installed at the airport. Planning to have 450 machines operating at 33 airports, including SeaTac, by the end of the year. Another 500 next year. Yeah, oh, Johnny boy. Well, you know what? It's kind of cool because we know your your twelve inches is going to bleed. They're going to be like, dude, here's that dude again. Come on, bring him through, man. Like, Here he comes. Believe, you can't believe this guy. <laughs> you, should, you should just be doing it just to piss him off. So, what are you going to do? Are you going to decline? Uh, are you going to opt yeah. out? Yeah, I'll just let him, you know, grope me. <laughs> Opt out, opt out, stand by. We have an opt outer. Why are you opting out, boy? Why, you got a problem with that? I'm telling you, when you go through, I want to tell everyone out there to do this. Just when you go through really the, the line, it's why are you opting out? Saying that because those things have radiation and they cause cataracts. And when you guys cataracts. working around them are going to be blind in a couple of years. <laughs> cataracts. Just say that to every TSA guy. It's not against the law. No. It's probably true. <laughs> Close enough. Tell them Close Adam enough. and John sent you. Say, hey, who told you that? John C. Dvorak, who comes through here at least once a month. You know, the guy with the 12-incher. 
Oh, that guy. Yeah. No. Is that his name? <laughs> Is that his name? Oh, we, now we know what the C stands for. <laughs> hey, I forgot to say, uh, happy White Cane Safety Day, John. And while I'm at it, happy National Character Counts Week. Character Counts? Yes, this is uh, starting this week. America's strength, even in its most challenging of times, is founded in the spirit and character of our people. During National Character Counts Week, we reflect upon the values of equality, fairness, and compassion that lie at the heart of our country. I wonder if there's a National Self-Esteem Week. It's probably coming up, but this is, uh, I went on WhiteHouse.gov, as I do every single Sunday morning, to look at our president's uh, YouTube address, which is all about Democrats good, Republicans bad. Uh, but then you, know, you look at the proclamations, and it is uh, National Character Counts Week. Character Counts Week. And then I, I, do, I like White Cane Safety Day. The white cane, in addition to being a practical mobility tool, <laughs> what the fuck? Who writes this shit? The president puts his signature. Doesn't he have to sit there and go, what am I signing, man? The white cane, in addition to being a practical mobility tool, serves as a symbol of dignity, freedom, and independence for individuals who are blind or visually impaired. On White Cane Safety Day, our nation celebrates the immeasurable contributions the Americans who use canes have made as valued members. Of- <laughs> I can't even say this. So we can't. Here's what's coming. You can't say blind people. You have to say Americans who use canes. <laughs> a lot of people use canes. Now the thing is, why don't they emphasize what the real purpose of these kinds of days are with the white canes? If you see somebody with a white cane, hit the brakes for God's sakes. You know, if they're in the street or something, or if you see somebody confused at a corner, I do this all the time. We have it because we have a blind. You know, rescue. I did that once in New York, and I got yelled at. There By was the, the person? Yes. Uh, I was with Chris. Ah, that's okay. I, I, no, listen, I was with Chris Jacob, and, and the guy's trying to cross the street, but he, he trapped him. There was, like, trash cans and shit and, and the light post, and he's, like, trapped, and he's, like, he's, you know, like, uh, uh, like one of those um, robot vacuum cleaners. He's, like, bouncing yeah, off yeah, all this stuff. I'm, like, hey, excuse me, sir. Can I help you out? And he got pissed at I can help myself out. Oh shit! Well, man. he was I'm having sorry. a bad day. I know, but it was like, wow, fuck! I'm sorry. I just want to help. The number of people I said, "Yo, hold on a second, you're going the wrong way," or something, just something, because you know they're in a situation where they're gonna they're hearing the <laughs> beep beep beep, but it doesn't tell you where they, which way to go. Beep 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 beep. You know, because there's a lot of these lights around here in the Bay Area are triggered with these little. Sound I'll tell you, if you if if anyone is actually serious about helping Americans with canes. Then fix your freaking website and make it accessible. All right? That is the number one complaint, Americans with canes, because we can't say blind people anymore. You, have, you can either say, you might be able to say visually impaired, but you have to say yeah, Americans with canes. Yeah, and you can't make canes. a website with using Ajax or Flash that anybody is visually flash. impaired can use. Yeah. If, you really, if you really want to help, if you really, really want to help, then go and fix your website. Now, I'm, we're the biggest offenders of that, I'm sure. I'm sure our sites are not at all... Um, what is it, uh, accessible? No, I think our sites are very accessible. I don't Except know. Except for the graphics. I mean, no, I don't know. know. When you get tables and stuff like that, it really messes up these screen tables. readers. Yeah, what? Well, no, that's true. If you, <laughs> Your sites are indeed great looking. So, <laughs> but no, it's true though. That, that's really true. Uh, anyway, I'm just seeing this coming. I'm seeing this uh, Americans with canes things. Like, you can't say blind anymore. 
because it's hateful or whatever. You know, we probably have quite a few blind listeners because they like to listen to podcasts. Yes. I, in fact, I know of, of several. And I'm amazed sometimes. I have uh, people who are blind who um, use the Big App Show, which is pretty cool. Well, maybe they must just like your voice. Yeah, well, they understand what I'm talking about. They, uh, but I don't know how they they can't. I don't know if these phones have screen readers and how they how they get through it. But anyway, if we can do anything to help Americans with canes, let us know. We'd yeah, be, we'd be besides happy to, the, these happy to try. bogus whatever the, uh, whatever that whatever that was the West Wing week, <laughs> which is the reality show the president has. Uh, this it's oh my god. This guy does nothing. Uh, the, just listen to it. Welcome to the West Wing Week, your guide to everything that's happening at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. This week, the president focused on infrastructure, education, and the economy, including several meetings with students of all ages. That's October 8th to the 14th, or I Spy. It's like I Spy. I Spy. Yeah. What is that? What? I Spy? What, do you, what is this? This is the Every reality time you play show. This, I go, what is it? Why are we wasting the taxpayers' money with this bull crap? Every single week, there's a reality show called West Wing Week with this great voiceover. This guy, they, they, they probably did auditions for this guy. And uh, he talks about the president's incredibly busy week. And I want you to listen because it's, uh, it's a great show, John. It's a great show. Nice In fact, someone's probably making 50 grand an episode for this piece of crap. On Monday, October 11th, President Obama held a meeting on the economic impact of infrastructure investment on our states and local communities in the state dining. After the meeting, the president made a statement in the Rose Garden where he emphasized... Now, I wish you could see this video. This guy sounds like the Leave it to Beaver character. <laughs> I wish you could see this video, and you actually, you have to watch it. Everyone has to watch this week's West Wing Week, because they have this economic thing in the Rose Garden. And so there, and this is behind the scenes footage, so it is kind of cool to watch. I mean, it's all masked by this horrible voiceover and the crappy editing and everything. But he, Obama is so rude, and so he manhandles everyone. He comes up behind little Timmy Geithner, and he pushes him forward. Like, legit grabs him by both shoulders from behind, like, Hey, son, come on, little Timmy. He's the Secretary of Finance, of the Treasury, whatever the hell he is. And, and, and he grabs him like he's like a little kid. And then he, and the president says, whatever you do, don't trip. <laughs> fixing our aging roads, rails, and runways won't just make the Here economy... He is. He's grabbing Timmy from behind, pushing him. create good middle-class jobs. Move, Timmy, move. Don't trip. Don't whatever trip, Timmy. <laughs> whatever you do, don't trip, Timmy. By investing in these projects, we've already created hundreds of thousands of jobs. But yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we probably, probably... Hey, John, I think we've probably done that. Probably. Wow. Yeah, we, you know, we just are so stupid. We're so stupid we buy all this crap. But you really have to see that video. It's, it really shows you what's going on there. This is like one big power trip that's happening. Yeah, no, I'm going to watch kind, it now it's kind of re- creepy. religiously. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> The acting is not much worse than uh, on CSI or NCIS or any of that stuff, you know. It couldn't be. So I was watching the C-SPAN over the last week. Uh, I didn't get a lot. I got two interesting stories out of the whole thing. Well, excuse me. Uh, when you do something like that, we have to remind people uh, of something very important. It's what we do so you don't have to. C-SPAN. 
So now I'm convinced that uh, they're grooming. I think that's just a backup plan. They're grooming Condi Rice for a presidential run. Really? Wow! Wait a yeah. minute. This is this is new information. Yeah, this is a this is interesting. Um, oh, here she and the comes reason now. I su- suggest that is it's. <laughs> she's being groomed. <laughs> she, she, uh, C-SPAN had, she gave a talk in front of the, the press club about her new book, which obviously she's going to have this book, and I guarantee it'll be another book within the next year. Well, that's she what you do. Yeah, you write a book, and then you become president. She has to have at least two books to counter Obama's two books. Yeah. And, and she has to have one book about her father, and this book is about family, which oh, includes course. her father, who was apparently a, a preacher, a Republican preacher, a black Republican preacher, which had to be hilarious. Right. Who liked, who liked to hang out with guys like Stokely Carmichael and the rest of them. It's actually, this must be a fascinating story. And, you know, she's... I'll read it, changing. by the way. I'm, I'm, what's the name of the book? I'm going to get it right now. I'll read this. I read Sarah Palin's book. I'll read Condi Rice's book. We'll go look it up while I'm talking. Okay, it's 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 not, it's, it's not got it's not the world's greatest title. It's dreams from my mother. Is that what it is? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it could be. It's something like that. That's what's, but it's about her mostly about her dad. All right. And uh, so they're trying to change her style. She's actually quite funny. She's very pleasant. She gave a really good speech. Then she got serious, and her you know she's got the furrowed eyebrows. You know, yeah, yeah. gap tooth. And uh, cap tooth, <laughs> and she she drops a couple of bombs, I, and a couple of them was what. And, and I always say, why would you? Why do you like when I'm talking to? Say, I go to some little. I'm talking on some local show. I said, yeah, no, I'm doing a, a podcast with my really good friend and confidant Adam Curry. Instead of, I'm doing a podcast with Adam Curry. Why would I say? Why would I add all this embellishment? And especially if I have a bunch of different people I'm talking about to one person, uh, I just let me don't ask know. you something. Do you, when someone says that, do you never say with my good friend Adam Curry? Never. Oh. <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm crushed. I'm stunned. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I, sorry. I don't, you know, I'm doing the show with you. I don't have to, I don't, what is, difference does it make to anybody, whether we're friends or not, in the sense of things? I mean, in the, in the broader sense, spectrum. It doesn't make any sense at all. I do, tell me you don't follow it up by saying, you know, the guy who used to be on MTV or something I don't do like that. that. Thank I, you. I think that's well, rude. Thank, thank you very much. That's very nice. I also don't say, you know, he's a lot older than I am. I never say that. <laughs> he's an asshole. <laughs> he's a douche. He's a dude's. So play the Condi Rice, who who gives her two bits about gays in the military. What this has to do with her biography, I don't know. In light of the recent debate in the Senate and court rulings, what are your thoughts on don't ask, don't tell? Do you favor repeal? Well, first of all, I think it will be repealed. Um, I, I leave this in the hands of my good friend Bob Gates and the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, it's absolutely the case that military effectiveness and military efficiency has to be the first concern of uh, the uh, Secretary of Defense and uh, of the military leadership. Um, I believe that if given time to work through this particular issue, uh, they will be able to achieve the repeal uh, without damage to uh, military effectiveness uh, and uh, military efficiency. Uh, um, but again, um, um, this is something that um, um, I have um, very strong faith in the people because I know them who are... Oh, I know all the gays! 
charged with uh, trying to get this done, and uh, let's let's give them the time to get it done. Wow. Let's she says, time. Oh, after uh, 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 funny that, they got to correct that. That was another. Who, p- why, what, you, you tell me, Robert Gates. You look at Robert Gates, that guy, the hey, CIA hey, guy. You mean Bob Gates? Bob Gates, Bob her Gates. good friend. Good, my Bob Gates. It's like when you instead of saying Robert De Niro, the whole world knows him as Robert De Niro. But if you're George Clooney, you get to say Bob, Bob or Bobby. Bobby. Oh no, that's if you're Leonardo DiCaprio. Then you get to say Bobby. So Condi Rice, you know Bob Gates. No one calls the guy Bob Gates. It's like calling uh, the president Barry. Does she say that? Yeah, my good friend, the president Barry. Hey, Barry. Hey, Barry. So, so this- she's she's you know she's trying to get it together. So they ask her point blank about running for office, and she gives a bogus answer. They've all uh, Hillary Clinton had this had the same answer when she was running for senator about she's never going to run for president. And Rice goes on about she doesn't feel like she's ever going to run for anything, but she's still going to do some work for the country. Play the rice running for office and we'll get it. You state in your book that you don't have the fire in the belly to seek elective office. Is there any circumstance under which that could change? Not that I can see. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I really, um, you know, pretty soon if you're asked a thousand times, will you run for this, will you run for that, and you keep saying the time isn't right, pretty soon you realize maybe the time just isn't ever going to be right. And so I'll find my ways to do public service. I think you can tell I'm very committed to K-12 education reform. That, for me, is probably our greatest uh, national security priority right now. Because if- What? Hold on a second. K-12 education reform is the biggest con- contribution to our national security? Did I misunderstand what she said? That's exactly what she said. So wait a minute. So Kate. So uh, K through twelve education reform is the, is the single most. I mean, let's, let's hear it again. Let's hear it again. Already right now, because if we don't do that, uh, we're not. Right, hold on a second. Let me just no, back that, it. Yeah, but back that up. Hold on. Probably our greatest. Uh, <sighs> a little bit further. Sorry about that. Here we go. That for me is probably our greatest uh, national security priority right now because. Uh, I, I, let me. I got to pull it back. K through twelve inter, uh, education reform is. Our greatest. Let's get this quote right. Let's get priority. this. Let's get this quote right. Hold on. Right, and so I'll find my ways to do public service. I think you can tell I'm very committed to K-12 education reform. That for me is probably our greatest uh, national security priority right now. Because. Oh, wait a second. Let me just Google that. We have to ed- re-educate the populace. Education reform. Do you think it'll actually say this is our biggest... Uh, it, it might say that right there on the Ministry of Truth website. Hmm. National security priority. We have to make sure everyone's on the same page. This is crazy. Why does she say that? Because it's just, this is all part of some scheme that we have no idea what the, what the basis is. We don't have any... We, all we're doing is pulling things out of thin air that don't make sense or the or they're being dropped as bombs. By the way, in this little clip, she doesn't say, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, no, because this, this is the script. This yeah, is this is the script. If yeah. we don't do that, uh, we're not going to be a strong and confident country, and we'll turn in, and we'll protect. So uh, there are lots of oh, ways. Oh, th- there's the answer. Oh, well, we should have listened. She gives us the answer because we're going to turn to a bunch of wimps. No, no, we're going to, no, no, isolationists. 
Is that what she said? Kind of be a strong and confident country, and we'll turn in and we'll protect. So uh, there are lots of ways turn to do in, public turn in, protect. Turn in, protect. Those are the two key words. Ah, so we're going to uh, turn, turn in, in and, and protect. protect. In other words, we're going to become isolationists. We're not going to be. We're not going to keep moving toward the great one world government. Uh. Which brings me to the old John Bolton clip, which I just coincidentally have on here. Let's play it as a reminder. Herman von Rompuy, the former Prime Minister of Belgium, said in his inaugural address, which I'm sure you've all read, right? Uh, in his inaugural address <laughs> in November of last year, he, he described 2009, and I'm quoting, as the first year of global governance with the establishment of the G20 in the middle of the financial crisis. The climate conference in Copenhagen is another step toward the global management of our planet, close quote. So this is the, this is the attitude, uh, the approach of many people who favor uh, moving toward global governance. And so I think we're entitled to ask uh, one year into the Obama administration, what is the president's view of American sovereignty? How does he view uh, these issues. Uh, and I think we, we can see already uh, that the president has, President Obama has a very different view of American sovereignty than uh, the long line of presidents, certainly since uh, Franklin Roosevelt. In some respects, uh, he harks back to Woodrow Wilson uh, in his devotion to multilateralism as a process and as an outcome. Uh, but I think it goes beyond that as well. President Obama, for example, said in September of last year to the General Assembly, it is my deeply held belief that in the year 2009, more than at any point in human history, the interests of nations and peoples are shared. In an era where our destiny is shared, power is no longer a zero-sum game. Yeah. You know, we have to, one of the things we do on this show, which is discuss this uh, move toward uh, losing global, U.S. sovereignty global and governance. global governance, we have to remind the listeners every so often about this, and this is the kind of thing, Candy, uh, Condi Rice is obviously on board with this whole, you know, uh, you know, letting somebody else tell us what to do, and and there's a fractal aspect to this, which is kind of interesting, and I think it's it it's, it, it reflects this Tenth Amendment concern that a lot of people have. Fractal. And you know, by the way, Mandelbrot he just, just died. died. I know. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking that's a fractal that means everybody's going to die. But anyway, it's just <laughs> thanks. Kind of a joke. Yeah. You needed me to ask the question to set you up. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been better. Yeah, it it would have been setup. much better. Yeah. So anyway, so the so the so the idea is that you know uh, the, that that government comes from the top, and we don't really run. You know, the United States is supposed to be a federal government. Again, we're, we talk about the book nullification, and the and the thing that's brought this and brought these clips to mind and what brought brought the whole topic to mind with me was this last week Eric Holder coming out and yeah and and say, and saying we're going to come in there and kick California's ass saying that if California pan ever we have 10% of our listeners are in California apparently and i want to tell everybody whether you think that proposition 19 should or should not be voted for you should vote yes on this thing just to see what happens because the federal government has told California Point blank, that we don't care what you do, we're gonna do, we're gonna do, we're gonna uh, enforce the federal law, which of course is essentially unconstitutional. At, and this, and I just asked the question, people say, well, so what? Federal law, Trump state law? No, it doesn't. 
And people keep I keep getting emails with people that are having this whole thing mistaken. They're buying into this argument that the New York Times put out there, that the federal law is already there. You can't change it with a state law, which is not true. And ask yourself the following. Why was the Prohibition Act, the Volstead Act passed? Why was there an amendment passed in the first place? And why are amendments passed at all when if it's just a federal law can be written? Just ask yourself, if somebody argues about this, say, well, then why do we have constitutional amendments when apparently any old federal law will do the trick? What's the point of a constitutional amendment? Just make a federal law. Federal law trumps everything. That's bogus. That's the reason you have to have constitutional amendments, and that's the reason California can pass this, and they should put people on the border, keep the feds out if they're going to come in and essentially kidnap by the way, this is what happened during the Wisconsin situation back before the Civil War when they, were, when they wouldn't let the, these Southerners come down and steal uh, blacks from the North that you know, were supposedly fugitive slaves because they couldn't prove they were. And so they said, no, this is kidnapping. And the fact of the matter is that the, you know, unlawful detention, kidnapping is what the feds would be doing if they came in and started busting people for smoke and dope in California if we passed Proposition 19. It's going to be a huge issue. It's going to be worth watching, but it's going to show you exactly where the federal government comes down and and the liars like obama who said they were going to stop cracking down on medical marijuana places i mean he basically just lied about it because they still do it so i uh, i'm starting to i've always kind of been on the sideline of this debate um and i really haven't debated you on it i believe it's going to pass and i and i have a, a little different take on it i've got some some information that people have been sending me this whole Proposition 19 is really being propagated by an outfit called the DPA. Are you familiar with them, the DPA? No. This is the I drug, might be, but I'm not. The Drug Policy Alliance. Uh, you can find it at drugpolicy.org. And they were formed in July 2000 when the Linda Smith Center, an activist drug policy think tank established in 1994, merged with the Drug Policy Foundation a membership and grant-making organization established in 87 to create the world's leading drug policy reform organization of people who believe the war on drugs is doing more harm than good. So I start looking into this organization, which has a very interesting uh, board of directors. I'd like to mention a few of them to you. How about Paul Volcker? Paul Volcker, John. How about uh, George Soros? These people are on the board of the DPA. These are special uh, executive board members. And I'm thinking there is some specific mention in Proposition 19 about not just marijuana, but about hemp. And uh, hemp, uh, the the derivative of the marijuana plant, outside of the the really good stuff (laughs) that bakes you. Actually, there's a lot of hemp plants that have almost no THC in them. Correct, correct. And I believe it's going to pass, and there will be a federal or centralized uh, regulation of hemp, which is uh, it, it's a, it's an industry that is worth trillions of dollars. Do you know that hemp burns hotter than coal? You know you can use it as fuel. I mean, this is a magical, magical thing, and I think all of this is a red herring, just so that the government can get control and regulate hemp. It's not about the marijuana part. It's not about the sm- it's f- Who cares? I don't think anyone gives a crap about who's smoking it or why, although that is the medicinal properties, are, I think, are very valuable. But hemp by itself is an incredibly value- valuable product. It is a trillion-dollar industry. And that, I think, is what this debate is actually about, is who's going to control 
the regulation of hemp, not of marijuana, but of hemp. Well, Monsanto like the is the answer, by the way. Monsanto I, is the answer. Monsanto. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably right, but I like the idea. It, the, the, the offshoot of this is still going to be a Tenth Amendment showdown, which is fine with me if they want to go off on this hemp thing. Hemp also makes paper, by the way, paper products. Sure, nice paper, ones. clothing, uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. stuff. Yep. And, who, uh, and by the way, who's going to own the patent on the genetically modified hemp? You know, yeah, it's, you know right. it's, it's Monsanto. I'm not saying that this is that. It, but the thing is, you're going to bring in Soros and these other guys, fine. The, I mean, just because somebody's attached their name to something doesn't mean we should say, oh, well, let's vote no. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm, not, I'm just saying that I think we should vote yes, obviously. I mean, I'm but, a, I'm a pot smoker. You, I was. You know, so here's yeah. the thing that gets me about what you just brought up, and I'm looking at their website right now, mm-hmm. is that why aren't they putting some fucking money into like promoting the, the, the yes side of it? I don't see any ads. I mean, Soros has got nothing but dough. Why are they, why are they holding back on some, on throwing out some, maybe, maybe it's going to be at the last minute, which probably is the most effective way to advertise, but I haven't seen one pro or con ad on Proposition 19 by anybody. Let me see what's under events. Let me see if they're doing anything. <laughs> college, college, Prague. No, your your question is valid. Well, Russell Simmons and here's is the other thing: they got the a donate now button. And <laughs> by the way, don't donate to these guys. Donate to <laughs> dvorak.org/na. Hey, they got podcasts, dude. They got podcasts. Cool. Well, who listens to any of this stuff? This is very poorly done. Well, let's uh, have a listen to the uh, pot podcast. Let's see. Wow. Oh, they need some production help. Hey, everybody, welcome to this the is a broadcast of the Drug Policy Alliance, the nation's leading organization working to end the war on drugs. To join our movement or learn more about drug policy reform, please visit our website at www.drugpolicy.org. Oh, these guys are good. I'm Jeanette Irwin, and today is Monday, March 2nd, 2009. Jesus Christ, like 2009. That's, the, that's their 2009. podcast. This is the new podcast. 2009. Yeah, that's great. Come on, there's got to be a newer one than this. No, I'm looking at it right here. That's the most recent one. Audio archive. That's it, man. Oh, this is lame. These yeah. guys aren't very sincere in their work. Well, no, I think they're just in there to help with the regulation. They don't care. They don't really care. It's not about pot smokers. It's about the hemp. Yeah, no, I'm getting that. But okay. let's go on. Let's listen to another minute of this. Really? Well, here's the... Uh, it's got that dead NPR sound, you know, that dead room and the... Uh, uh, yeah, we are, a, we are like a nation this. of cowards. Oh, I get, I get a 404 error. These guys suck. They suck. Nah, just, this is the leading this is the leading organization maybe they're all stoned <laughs> Soros but Russell Simmons is on hey, the board Soros. hey Soros go look at this website and tell me what you're doing with your money yeah, really dude <laughs> well if, if Soros is in, they have a uh, they, they raised like Volker Volker's yeah, Volker. an old fart let's face it this is a reflection of that yeah yeah. I'm just saying I'm just saying that I uh, I think there's something very big going on here it's a bit poorly. No, this website is poor. But I think uh, website the podcast sucks. They're not. Do- what? what are they doing with their donations? That's what I'd like to know. It's giving themselves salaries. I already looked at that. They have a. Uh, by the way, their last uh, not, form nine ninety is from two thousand seven. They don't even have two thousand eight up, let alone two thousand nine. How does that happen? How do these people get away with John? We're, we're stupid. 
They dudes, we're stupid. We have to start a a five hundred one c and just yeah, not file anything. file anything. You don't have to file anything. You just take the money, don't pay taxes, and don't file it, and just come up with a stupid website and throw up a podcast from two thousand nine and get a bunch of jabroni dudes on the board. We're dumb. We're really dumb. We are doing. The, we're going about this the wrong way. Apparently, we're we're asking people to help us. Help us pay bills. So <sighs> these guys so are anyway, like twelve million dollars. The, the Tenth Amendment showdown is going to happen, and this is going to cause it. And, you know, of course, California leads the way with this. Of all, they'd be so ironic that all these people, you know, from all over the place, are moaning and groaning about the Tenth Amendment. And then a dope, a legalized drug thing takes place, and next thing you know, uh, the feds will back off. I think they will, they too. They don't want a Tenth Amendment showdown. Nobody does. Nobody in the federal government wants a Tenth Amendment showdown. Yeah, so when I brought this up in my conversation with those who will not go name during my dinner at uh, Bobby's restaurant. Molly and... Uh, Jeez, don't do that. You know, I got the... Yeah, but, you know, this is the way it is. But the Tenth Amendment says the states are, you know, we, we, have our, we make our own shit up. You know, the federal government can't come in and tell us what to do. Yeah, but that's, you know, outdated. This is... Uh, and this, it's outdated? Yeah. yeah this, <laughs> this, you know, that's, that's not the... It's accepted the way we do it now. It's accepted that we have, uh, the, you know, <laughs> we have the leader of the free world running our ass. It's accepted. This is how we do things here. It's how we do things in America. And by the way... Some of the people at the table were not Democrats, okay? Not. Miss M, not, 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 not Democrats. It's just misguided. It hurts me, upsets me. Yes, yeah, since you're right there, you can do direct propaganda, and you, get, and you can't get any headway. It's terrible. That's because this is so entrenched. It's not just, you know, these, you know, these folks and others. It's just that yeah, we, I get, we get emails, you do and I do both. We get emails with somebody who comes up, they see something, and it's so obviously wrong they're, the way they're seeing it because you can see that they're still, to get people untwisted from these, these, these models that have been drummed into them, which really want us to be run by a national government, for example, and uh, to just ignore the way the Constitution was set up or the way the country was set up because it's outdated, <laughs> uh, it's just so entrenched. The schools pounded into you for years, and you—they—we're talking about decades yeah. of education that pound this nonsense into people, and to get to undo all that damage is almost impossible with most people. Yeah. Okay. When I was reading um, Nullification, which is a great book, by the way, I think it's still at uh, the No Agenda Book Club, noagendabooks.com. You know, make sure you get this book and have, and please. As much as I love you guys, please don't send me like a million audiobook versions. My my email box is getting full. I have to like call this thing now. But do send me stories when you think you're you're, you're the hundredth person to send it. D- don't stop there, but be careful what you attach. That's kind of a pain. Um, so I'm reading this. I'm thinking, can't we start our own state? I mean, what's the rule on that? How does that work? Can we start our own state? Uh, how how do you become a state? Well, there actually there is a way to become a state. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know California could be split into three if it wanted to, which yeah, I, I mean, think do, would be do a you smart have to idea. own the land actually to become a state? I mean, how does I that think work? everyone has to agree? I think there has to be some sort of a. I don't know. I don't know. You can become for one thing the federal the federal system requires that everybody agree that okay, well, you know, I think all the other states would have to agree that you could be a state. I don't know. Look into how Hawaii became a state. We'll figure it out. 
Yeah, I mean, we should find some place we can just become a state and go. Uh, I mean, I, Alaska was 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 a state under apparently kind of sketchy circumstances. Mm. Uh, Alaska may not actually really. I mean, may not qualify. May, it may not even be a state. Actually, we don't really well, know. Prove there, it. There, there's the Alaska, uh, the Alaskan separatists, which exist. I mean, Sarah Palin's actually one of them, and her husband for sure. Uh, they have this argument that the whole thing was a scam. And Alaska didn't really vote for statehood. They were scammed into it. They didn't count the yeah, Indians. Yeah, I've, I've heard that, too. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Well, that could be. That makes sense. That I mean, makes total so. sense. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to uh, bring up, uh, and have a specific reason for doing so, uh, a great article in The Telegraph in the Gitmo Nation East. Uh, actually, it's from <clears throat> their blogs. So uh, it's not really, I probably never got printed in the newspaper. But it says, global warming fraud, colon, the tide begins to turn. And this is uh, this comes on the heels of the Royal Society um, being called out for making basic math errors yeah, on, their, on their global huge warming. math errors. Here it comes. That's not opinion. That's science. And science is one cold-hearted bitch with a 14-inch strap on. <laughs> Just what? Been, I've been waiting to play that. <laughs> Was this on a blog? I know. This is... Well, our producer sent that to me. I think it... Because, you know, of course we have the... The uh, science is in! <laughs> and, uh, the science is in! Science! That's not opinion. That's science. And science is one cold-hearted bitch with a 14-inch strap on. <laughs> So don't be a denier, because she's got a fourteen incher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's but it's a great a great out. But uh, we won't edit anything. But there's a, a huge amount of great quotes from uh, scientists who are all just saying a U.S. physics professor. So this is the um, global warm. This is the one we did on Thursday. Global warming is the greatest and most successfully pseudo scientific fraud I've seen in my long life. And uh, we have uh, another professor. The money flood has become the raison d'etre. That means the reason. Let me present some figures below to see why flood was not an exaggeration. The money connection. The amount of money spent on anti-AGW, that is man-made global warming activity, by organizations is a whopping $2 million a year. Shut go away. Don't Skype. Two million? That that's not right. Anti anti. Oh anti. The amount of money spent by pro AGW organizations on research is three billion dollars a year. That's kind of an interesting yeah, what side are you on? (laughs) Don't be a denier. Cause science is a cold hearted bitch. Well, see if I was a scientist in that field of study. And there was three billion going in direction A and two million going in direction B. I'd hmm. probably sign on to direction A for the short term. Yeah. And then I could always kick after collecting all the money, I could do what this other guy did was say, okay, hey, well, screw it. you know, yeah. Yeah. the gravy train's over. Uh, this is bullshit. Yep. That's a lot. It's a lot of great quotes. I encourage you to read that. You can find it in the show notes at noagendashow.com. I've not heard any feedback necessarily from people about the new layout of the show notes, so I presume it's okay, and people are all right with it, that it's easier to use. I don't know if people still look at the show notes. I mean, are these still a good resource to uh, to publish, John? Uh, do people I, care? I, 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 or have people become so jaded? To, why don't we have our survey, guys? We've got different ones. Survey the uh, the listeners as to whether or not they are uh, using the show notes or whether they care. 
or where they look for one. I had trouble finding something the other day because you categorize the show notes. You have a you're using a JavaScript yeah. of some sort, mm-hmm. and you have the notes under a category. And then you click on the little thing, and down it goes. You see all the different links. And it's so if I wanted to just find something I knew what to look for, I'd have to click on all of them. So it's kind of inconvenient, I mm. think, the new. Thing. Really? But it's, but yeah, but at the same time, the old method, which had a show notes that like scrolled down to China, <laughs> yeah, was ridiculous. So you don't have, you have, you really didn't have much of a choice. Uh, but it's still hard to find. Uh, well, here's what needs to be done. Stuff. Here's what needs to be done because what I do uh, every single week is I publish these in structured data format in OPML, and I know that the Pocket No Agenda app uses this because the reason I do that is so it can be indexed, and someone needs to. Uh, there is a isn't there a No Agenda show notes site? Hold on, let me see. No Agenda Show Notes dot com. Let's see <clears throat> if they're up to speed. Because you should be able to search this stuff. Here, search show notes. Uh, okay. Give me a topic, John. What were you looking for? Oh, I wish I could remember. Uh, I'd have to think about it. Come on. You caught me off guard. I'm not. Well, I'm just not give me one. Just it. give me anything. Okay. How, me. About, uh, how about, uh, well, let's not say tenth global warming. Let's say 10th Amendment. 10th. Uh, no, 10th. Okay, 10th Amendment. Amendment. Let's see what it comes up with. We're searching. We're searching. We're searching. There it goes. The Great Daylight Savings Time Conspiracy on episode 78. Yeah, it's great. This noagendashownotes.com is perfect. <laughs> it doesn't. That's not the right answer. <laughs> no, of course it's not the right answer. Okay, we need a better indexing machine. This is not good. But they're, 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 I publish them every single week, and the links that rock, it's the show notes in OPML format. Let's do something with that. Otherwise, why bother? People don't care. Yeah, we have to make sure people care. They have to go look at these show notes. And and by the way, I mean, if, just if, if it's just one, like because there's case, there's some gems in there. And if you don't like it, then fix it. Make something better. We'll publish. We'll publicize it. We're really good at that. Please help us here. We need some help. Jeez. And, and, and if you want, you can yeah. just go to noagendashow dot com and click on the click donation on the little page. Tri- <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so, that'll help. So there's one thing I wanted to get into before we finish this show, uh, which was uh, I ran again on CNET or C-SPAN. I'm sorry, (laughs) CNET. Let me get what's there. C-SPAN. It was a four and a half hour panel. Wow, you watched it? Yeah, of course you did. On counterfeit drugs. Oh. And it was like oh, counterfeit drugs. Was kind of, counterfeit drugs. I was thinking, what do you, you know? Counterfeit. Apparently, the counterfeit drug situation is so out of control. Really? That you don't have any idea how much counterfeit. I mean, it's like almost half the. It seems as though half the drug. This guy, one guy, came out and gave a story about. Play this. This is this guy who got counterfeit drugs. He's an AIDS patient and a pharmacist, and he, you know, was getting bum drugs from from CVS. I might add. Uh huh. And play this. This is this is his sad story, and it's a little length, long, but it's worth listening to for the punchline. Counterfeit drug story about Recus, which is one of the companies. That then I wanted some. to know who who are these people if that's the problem. And I met some of them in a trial in Las Vegas that I uh, testified, and I saw them face to face. And this was a year after, and all those feelings just came back. I mean, here these two guys walk in and I thought I was past it and all these feelings came back and all the anger and disbelief that there were people out there who could 
put medicine out there for people to take that wasn't real. One, not the medicine that I needed. And two, something potentially dangerous. And they didn't care. They just didn't care. And there they were. And at the end, their company was penalized and they weren't going to be allowed to get a license to open up a company again in the state of Nevada. But they still walked out and got in their cars and went home. And uh, it was very, very upsetting. Their primary distributor was a group in Florida called the Walkers. This couple, well, his name may have not been Walker, but they were this couple and... Gary, who's over there, who's a character in the book, Dangerous Doses as well. Uh, uh, a guy selling a book? Is that what this is about? No, no. So one of the people on the panel was wrote a book called Dangerous Doses, uh-huh. and uh, he was re- just referring to that book. Okay. Knows the story intimately. But the Walkers, these are bold, bold people. They had a company called Recus. That was their licensed company name, distributorship. Recus, R-E-C-K-U-S. That was their company name. They handled the drugs that I injected. Recus, by the way, is sucker spelled backwards. <laughs> that was the name of their company. These people are really bad, bad people. Why do they do it? You're going to hear more. So uh, I love that. So hold on a second. What exactly are counterfeit drugs? These are drugs that are made in China mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it packages just like the regular things. You were talking about those ten dollar tablets of this, that, and the other thing. L- Lipitor was it was was you mean, the, you mean the stuff you buy on the internet? You mean that stuff? Yeah, but well, it turns out that people who go to Mexico to buy the drugs are probably getting counterfeits. People who go to Canada or, or buy stuff over the over the internet are probably getting counterfeits. They're all over the place. But, this, I was but, thinking, but this count, but I just want to understand: counterfeit can mean a number of things. Is, no, it means it's a, a fake pill. It's just sugar or something else. Just something. Yeah, no, it's nothing good. Who, who, whatever they get together, whatever they got in the bin. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any difference. As long as yeah, it's colored like. Yeah, I got some stuff in the bin here. Yeah. All right. So, so I was thinking, well, how much of this is going on? This one guy moaned about his doc- doctor or son doesn't even know that there are counterfeit drugs out there. The public doesn't know. Nobody's being told. Nobody gives a crap about the whole thing. And you have to wonder how many pills. And you know, what does a pill weigh? I don't know, a couple grams. I mean, how much counterfeit drugs can there possibly be floating around? Well, in this, in this one clip, there's one piece of information that we read, uh, start to play counterfeit drug kickoff. And there's one interesting piece of information about counterfeit drugs that are, that are coming from China, going to Paraguay, and then going into Brazil. How many counterfeit drugs do you think are coming in? Counterfeit drugs since 1992, 93. Watching them come across the border from Mexico. Uh, this last year, um, past year, we have seen many instances and in, uh, showcased the problems with counterfeit drugs and how widespread it was. Two weeks ago, I was in Brazil, and I was just shocked working with the U.S. Embassy consulate people when they told me that they have seized 400 tons, <laughs> 400 tons of counterfeit drugs in the last two years coming across the border from Paraguay and Bolivia. And I, I wonder how many people actually are cured by this stuff. <laughs> well, you know, you remember that placebo? Yeah, 25% uh, are cured even though they get the placebo. 
Yeah, and I think that where you're getting is an amounting to placebos, except for the fact that the Chinese are, are such a don't give a shit that, they, that a lot of these pills are like, for all you know, are arsenic. I mean, there's they just mix in a lot of uh, you know of uh, weird shit is put into these things. But and how does it get point, into how does it get into CVS, which is a big drugstore chain in America? Well, how does like it the get guy there? said, it was these distributors like Recus who somehow would get an account with CVS looking like a legitimate operation, and then they'd maybe bring in some legitimate pills from Eli Lilly. And the next thing you know, the stuff's coming in from China, and then they're just dumping this stuff at pure profit you know, instead of having to pay you know, what they have to pay. And it's just a money-making scheme, and then they get busted. Well, so what? So somebody didn't get their pills. Big deal. Interesting. Now, the thing that's – there is one last funny little short clip which is the uh, apparently the head of the China FDA was executed. <laughs> executed. This we should do this here, by the way. Yeah, we should do more of that. It's like off with their heads. <laughs> but but it's kind of funny because this journalist from the New York Times who's been covering this and he bitches and moans and nobody gives a crap. Yeah. Play the counterfeit drug China execution clip because there's a funny moment in here to publicize this and, and not scare the dickens out of people, but to, to do the kind of work that will lead to, you know, the kind of reform that will make our drug supply chain safer. The United States is paying much more attention to this. I could say that China's paying more attention to it, and I, I, I do believe they are, and I mean... They did execute the head of the Chinese FDA. That wasn't my intent when I got into this story. But it is now the standard for investigative reporters everywhere. If there ain't an execution, don't apply for a Pulitzer Prize. I thought it was funny. That's great. You write a story, the guy gets executed. Power of the press. Awesome. Yay. Oh. Oh. What'd you do? I just chopped our heads off. You chopped somebody. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Anyway, so this counterfeit drug thing, which I'm not going to cover anymore, is apparently a plague Rampant. worldwide. And if there's 400 tons, tons. of pills, <laughs> wow, going into Brazil, I'm assuming that a lot of the the, the uh, a lot of the things, a lot of the drugs you get in Brazil are probably not up to up to par. <laughs> no, you you may want to avoid those. Wow, yeah, stellar. Well, uh, gee, John, usually you end on a high note. You've, <laughs> you've, Sorry. You've been able to bogue me out, man. That's awesome. Well, if you got nothing left to do. I got one thing. We'll do one last thing, and then we're done. Okay. All right. So we did the, uh, we did the, the part where the guy from PBS actually double-questioned, uh, what's his name, uh, Harry Reid. said, hey, you didn't answer hey, the you didn't question. question. Yeah. So I've so I'm starting to see a, a little loosening up on the uh, news media, you know, instead of just reading stuff, actually saying this is a bogus story. This actually happened, although it's not an important story. But there was one of these stories on KPIX in the local area here that uh, that that some couple of guys who obviously never played baseball in their life, and, and this has by the way been disproven a million times. They they like to say that this is an old theory that there's no such thing as a curveball in baseball. It's just an optical illusion. And so these guys came up with another optical illusion that shows that the curveball doesn't curve, when in fact it's been studied to death with high-speed cameras and everything. The ball will curve, you know, hook a little bit, like an inch or two, if it's thrown by a guy who knows what he's doing. 
But meanwhile, they run this story about these eggheads or the or these these scientists, which are called eggheads later. And as, as they're running the story, somebody on the crew says yells something during the story, and then the anchor goes after the story as bogus. Okay. Goes left. See it? No. Okay. So the next time you see a curveball, you'll know it's all in your head or mine or something. Do these eggheads ever actually play baseball? Because yeah. they break. Yeah. I don't care what that graphic shows you. It's moving. 90 miles an hour. It's yeah. breaking. It's breaking. Not an optical illusion. The mystery building next to the Golden Gate Bridge. That's next on Good Question. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Where, 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 did, where did it go wrong? Well, they had this story that was a straight-up science story about how a curveball doesn't break, and then this guy comes out at the end. The anchor says this story is bogus. Of course, the question is, why did they run the story in the first place? Uh, Time but he, filler. Spoke, they, need, they needed 30 seconds before the he commercial. Spoke up. He spoke up. I'm just saying he spoke up. I like to see guys speaking up once in a while. Here's, here's what he should have said. That's not opinion. That's science. And science is one cold-hearted bitch with a 14-inch strap on. Yeah, there goes our uh, donations for this week. I don't think so. Oh, oh yeah. it was oh, George this, Clooney. Oh, now yeah. it's the oh, yeah. sexual this, innuendo with a... Yeah, this is going to be your uh, theory. You're like, hey, I can't pay bills because you had to play the strap-on clip. Thanks. Five times? <laughs> so? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, well, it's funny. It's from once. Dexter, by the way. It's, it was on television. That was on Dexter? I think so, yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought it was just one of our listeners. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was like on TV. You should watch it sometimes, John. It's really entertaining. I try not to watch anything but C-SPAN. And when I watch the Law & Order shows, everybody gets mad at me. Yeah. That, well, you know what? You should try it next week because donations are up when you watch that shit. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, where it is still raining cats and dogs in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And I find it hard to believe it's raining down there in sunny Southern California at all. But I'll take your word for it. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday for early morning service right here on No Agenda.